0: And welcome to the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast The original Alien and Predator podcast This is episode 111 And I'm regular host Aaron Percival A.K.A. Corporal Hicks And joining me are usual partners in crime I'm Adam Zeller, A.K.A. Ridgetop on our forums I'm Eric Adams, otherwise known as Xenomorphine And also joining us is returning guest host Though we'll probably get to the point when uh, it's not going to be a returning guest host. But for now, returning guest host is contributing writer to the uh, website and regular active member on the community. It's Mr. AJ Voodoo Magic. Welcome back to the show, AJ. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure to be here. Well, I'd hope it's a pleasure after the added time on, on our other feature on the AVP Galaxy podcast, which is called How Long Does Ridge Stop Keep Us Waiting? Oh, I learned yeah. the hard way
1: today, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I warned you in the past, AJ. I don't, I'm sure I did.
1: Maybe it's Sorry, my guys. bad. <laughs> Sometimes, not. rarely,
0: I'm on time. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh. Accidentally. <laughs> and if you're watching on YouTube, this is also Eric's big video debut.
2: Face and everything
0: in the middle what, of the fucking now. chaos. Look at that behind him. And how are you got such a clean feed in the middle of all that?
2: The magic of Skype. <laughs> oh, it's the digital superhighway. I learnt about this in college and now it's here.
0: <laughs> you're so old. <laughs> you're so old, man. I am, yeah. yeah.
1: That, that artwork <laughs> is pretty memorable. When I was young, I, that was the uh, paperback AVP graphic novel that I read it for the first time in.
0: So. And if you're listening and I leave this in because I normally cut out the stuff to do with the video, Eric's enjoying the virtual backgrounds on Skype, and he's got the really awesome wraparound cover for the very... F- Original. Yeah, very first trade that they did for AVP, if I remember rightly. Though I can't remember the artist who did that particular piece. Was it Phil Norwood? I think it was Phil Norwood. <sighs> oh, no.
1: You're going to make me look something now. Let me find oh, it.
0: it. Don't make us look. It's all right. You, you, can look in, you can look while we talk. It's an artist. He deserves credit once Adam finds it. It's fine. Yes, that's true. But as I said, this is episode one one one, and we are actually here today to talk about predators, predators number three, because it's the tenth anniversary. And if I've done a good enough job uh, in this edited, it will be out on on, on the actual tenth anniversary. We're recording it on Robert Rodriguez's birthday, so you know, it's just um. predators all around. Your birthday, do Although it makes me nervous inviting AJ on for this one because he, I think he's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those haters. Yeah, I think we're going to be going at it a little,
3: especially when we get to the homage talk. <laughs> it gives
2: us diversity.
3: That's right.
2: Diversity of opinion. It's going
3: to be three against one, guys.
0: Well, you see, I I don't know how Eric really feels about Predators, so uh, th- this will be a blind side for me as well. And I know how you feel about Predator 2. I'm sure we've gone over this before. So you two can go at it about that if that comes up, Eric uh, <laughs> and AJ. It probably will. <laughs> yeah so th- this will be interesting i mean we've done we've had nimrod antal on in the past the director on the show which was actually a, a pretty fun episode for me and adam and it was really great
1: to to talk to him you could definitely hear the passion he had for that movie and the constraints that he had to work with so yeah that was again we just want to express our, our gratitude for um nimrod antal coming on and, and being willing to, to talk to us because aaron you and i are both big fans of that movie and i just rewatched it you know it's 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 got its issues, AJ, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But for me, it still felt like a worthy sequel. I was interested in, in where it was going. And, and it was a shame that we didn't get a part two to that because I, I feel that it was very much set up for that near the end of the film.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we'll talk about that in, in more detail as well as we go on. And it, as we throw in out, thanks there as well. Again, Nick, if you're listening, thank you for helping setting that one up. It was very much appreciated. And other than that, we haven't really talked about predators much on the show. I mean a lot of a lot of what we do is reactionary to where we are now. And and that's good because it means we're getting a lot of content that we are talking about as it's sort of coming out, which I'm not gonna complain about at fucking all. But it also means we don't always get a chance to talk about the older stuff. You know, it tends to be as we're doing now, when big anniversaries crop around. So we've we've spoke about it. Other than the Nimrod interview, maybe once. Really quick, Aaron. I, I think you're right about Phil
1: Norwood, but I can't get a confirmation on that. So we'll figure it out, and we'll add it in the description. I know Phil Norwood and Dembue both did cover art for that series, but as far as the graphic Dembivet novel, did
0: he did for other. Yeah, he did for other stuff. I don't think he did for for AVP. Could be. am yeah, pretty sure he did. The covers. He might have done he, one. He, of... did, he did that awesome concrete jungle
1: cover. Oh no, he did the cover for Booty. Didn't
2: he? he there's an babies. image of him with a predator standing over a human, I think, female character another an alien from behind. I think
0: that was a bouvet one, but I could be wrong. Sorry, I've already sidetracked it's already us. us. It's alright, we, we, we're used to this. So yeah, we'll we'll crack on then and we'll actually talk about Predators. Now I I would normally pass these things over to the other guys to to talk about first and take my time last, but I'm I'm actually going to go first for this one because Predators is a film I have the most unique relationship with out of, out of all the Alien and Predator films. Because when when Predators rolled around, it was it was the third film we covered on AVP Galaxy. And unlike the AVPs, unlike Prometheus and unlike Covenant, I don't have a strong pre release sort of association with Predators. You know, regardless of the quality of, of those films, I fucking had, I have good memories of the lead up to AVP and, and Requiem and, and Covenant and, and Prometheus. I have really fond memories of that time and and of the interactions with the fan base of of the hype that was building about it. You know, I still I still remember reading the set reports from the first AVP, where the visual effects guy was just jizzing himself over that <coughs> leap across when the predator leaps <laughs> across the the hallway, and they're talking about how fucking complicated it was at the time for them to to do the predator cloaking as it jumped across. Yes, I have no sort of pre-release positive association with predators at all for me it was just such a disassociation with the film even though i was covering it with the website i remember fucking hating hating the robert rodriguez predators script that this was that that was the foundation for this film you know, for a long time, that thing was... More. Well, no, it, before this, before this, that thing was the... Oh, do you, you know that awesome fucking script? That uh, mil, $100 million script that's set on a Spanish galleon in the past? How fucking cool would that be? <laughs> and then... And we read it. One day, I remember getting an email from... Oh, I can't name drop, but it, 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 was an, it was the boss of another notable genre website. And, and they still are. And that that was kind of like a nice moment for me when it was a fan site getting emails from from one of the big boys dropping Robert Rodriguez's a script in in my inbox and I was like holy shit this is the one this is it and it was absolute utter fucking shite awful <laughs> awful awful. Awful. We've, we've done a podcast on that. We've done a script breakdown on that. It
2: was a good podcast.
0: It was a funny podcast, but it was not a confidence builder for this film. So that set everybody off in a bad mood. And, and as prep for this, I went back and reread all those old articles, all the reaction to those articles, and it was just fucking so negative, especially once details of that script came out. You know, they, it, Predators was announced as a as a reboot, as a remake and everybody was up in arms at it from the start because who the fuck has the audacity to remake Predator? So this film was fighting an uphill battle from the start. And I was I was there with them. And the more we learned about it, the more pissed off everybody got. And then that first draft, well, not first draft, after Robert's draft leaked, we eventually got a leak of an early draft of, of, of Predators as it became And nobody liked that either. I was also not a fan of that. That thing fucked me off as well. Black blood genetically modified fucking super predators. What is this shit? (laughs) <laughs> so, for a long time in the in the lead up to this film, you know, it, it was negativity. It was negativity from the fan base. I didn't care. I was not looking forward to this film. But then the trailers came out and it, it was looking visually interesting, visually good, but I still... I wasn't too confident. And then I went to see it at a press showing, actually. It was my first ever press showing to do with the website. And that was a stressful fucking experience in itself because I got the bus down to London. I'd only just passed my driving test. I didn't want to drive to London. It was a horrible bus. My phone and my MP3 ran out of battery 10 minutes into the journey. Was that the same park feeder in London
1: that you saw Covenant at?
0: No, no. I I saw Covenant at the premiere, so that was at Leicester Square. Oh,
1: that's right. No, sorry, I'm talking about The Predator.
0: Oh, no, um, that was at their Soho office. I saw Predator Predators in the Apollo Cinema in London, I think it was. Mm. But I went into there with such awful expectations, and I've never had such a huge turnaround in my experience with a film because I came out of that loving it, absolutely loving it. To be honest, that experience was at fault for making me be willing to give The Predator a go. (laughs) Because of um, the leak script and my willingness to, to hopefully see that turn around, it did not happen. It did not happen. Thank you for that, uh, Predators, um, for making me willing to give that thing again. <laughs> but yeah, I, I turned around to it completely. And it is the single film out of all of them that I feel most defensive of. It has issues. Two main ones for me, which I'm sure will come up as we, as we talk through, but they're Edwin and they are the number of, of Berserker Predators. But yeah. I I still enjoy it now. I still have issues with it, but I just, I love it. I really, really enjoy the film. It's one of those ones that I just don't really understand people's problems with. And even then, you know, sometimes it seems like the opinion has turned anyway, because we did this Robert post today, and it's just been positive reactions to, to Predators in that post. And I was reading through some of the IMDb reviews, and even though in total it sits at 65 all the top ones are the more positive ones, 7s, 8s, 9s, 10s, and I couldn't really find the, the negative ones, they were buried. But yeah, so that that's where I, I sort of stand on the film. Would you say a lot of that has
2: to, like before The Predator came out, would you say that's how feelings were across the fandom? Or would you say that because of the negativity with The Predator, that's done a lot to make people look back at Predators and have a more favourable view than they did when it first came out?
0: For some people, yes, because I know you warmed yes. up to it. And, and that's, that's a symptom of, of bad sequel-itis, I think, um, tends to happen. But honestly, the entire time I've been really active on our social channels and posting Predators pictures, it has been more positive now than my memories of it when the film came out. That was the effect that Requiem had on AVP.
2: Before Requiem came out, I said about 70%-ish people were sort of like, they either thought it was mediocre or they yep. hated it. But since Requiem came out, they went back and they went, actually, I thought it was bad, but by comparison, it's made me think better of it. Well, Jeez. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm going to pass it over to AJ now, because he, he is one of such people. So, AJ, man, where did you come to the film and where are you now?
3: Well... It was 2010. It was a rough year for me, personally. I had a lot of stuff to go through, so a little predator escapism was just what the doctor ordered. But I was unable to follow as religiously as I can now, but I was following all the interviews and most of the news stories, and then caught all the trailers, and I was looking forward to the film. And I think it was July 9th is when Predators debuted in the U.S. I think you guys got it a couple days earlier in the U.K.?
0: Yeah, we got it on the 8th.
3: So I went to a matinee. I was all alone. Some people have a problem going to the movies all alone, not me. And no one else wanted to go. It was a decent, decent showing. I think it was like 50 percent in that theater, which is pretty good for a matinee. And I was stoked. My initial thoughts, once the movie started out, right, it started out with a bang. That opening title sequence was the best part of the film to me. You know, when Royce is waking up in free fall and next thing you know, that chute opens up and he's slamming through the trees and then bam, he hits the ground and up comes the Tuttle card Predators. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, this is going to be good. But then the film just pushed into mediocrity. The further went along for me. My problem with predators, other than what I perceive to be an overabundance of homages or retreads, which I'm sure we'll touch on that later, is to me, it didn't do anything particularly well. It's not horrible. It's not. But for me, it wasn't wonderful as well. It's just plainly competent, which makes nothing in it to me terribly memorable. The action, the directing, the effects, the dialogue, the cinematography. Nothing stood on its own to make its mark. Where a sequel... To me, like Predator 2, I know Eric's not a big fan, it made its mark in multiple categories. It might have lower lows, but also had higher highs. Plus, it had Bill Paxton. But Predators just didn't reach that for me. So, ultimately, I left the theater indifferent, ultimately unsatisfied. Plus, that trailer showed me multiple targeting on Royce's body. And I wanted to see that scene,
0: damn it. Goddamn marketing. Ah,
3: Yeah. So that's that's then how I felt 2010.
0: At that point, what would you have scored it out of 10?
3: Five to six, I think. Maybe six. Six was fair. So
0: how how would you mark Predator two in comparison just in terms of a number? Nine. Okay. where are we with Predators now then for you?
1: Real quick, Eric, I'm curious what you would score Predator two.
0: It might be better to
2: wait until I... do do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I think there are good and bad things about it, like you said. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll come to that when we... Um,
1: it's, just, it's just interesting because, AJ, you weren't feeling Predators and Eric, you weren't feeling too. I feel like Aaron and I feel that both Predators and Predator 2 were kind of on equal footing in terms of sequels.
0: Yeah, I love all the films apart from the fourth one. It's like Alien for me, where I struggle to really pick a favorite from any of them. I recognize that Predator is on a technical level, the most superior of the lot. The first film is the best, yeah. Same for Alien, where I know that Alien and Aliens are the superior, but I can still watch and enjoy three. That might be the one I decide to pick up depending on my mood, and it's the same for the Predator films as well. What's interesting is Predators has a higher critical rating. But if
3: you go to the fan base, much to Aaron's chagrin, it's when when you put a poll up, Predator 2 wins 90% yeah. over Predators. I mean, people just love this film. And of certain aspects, you know, when you got like Danny Glover hanging from the side of the car as the Colombians are shooting through the windshield or on the Predator ship. There's such high highs, memorable highs that I think was missing from Predators.
0: Going wider onto the general movie-going database that is IMDb, Predator 2 is a 6.3 and Predators is a 6.4. I don't know if you've seen this video,
1: AJ, but Alien Theory, a YouTuber, actually did um, a video a few months back called Is Predator 2 Underrated? And it was pretty interesting. And he goes through the old review scores and compares it to like what he could find on modern reviews of the film from, from fans. And he came to the conclusion that, yeah, it, it has grown in popularity through the years. But it's a cool video. I recommend it. Well, critically, it was trashed. And I was alive during that time. I actually
3: saw Predator 2 in the theater, and it was getting a lot of heat for not having Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, it's like having Die Hard at the time. Predator was an Arnold film. And at the time, everyone expected Arnold to return. Predator has morphed into something else now. So it was like Die Hard without Bruce Willis. Or maybe a perfect example would be Speed, right? Speed was a big Without
0: Keanu Reeves. yeah. Yeah. So they did Speed 2 Cruise Control, and no one went to see that. No one was interested. Even into the early two thousands, you know that was still a big complaint. You know, I remember coming into the the online fandom then. You know, I'm, I might not be as old as you and fucking Eric, you ancient bastards, but I, I was around. <laughs> Damn. I was, I'm was i actually the youngest one on here. <laughs> well, you you had the uh, you had the dig at my age <laughs> on the last time you were on here, Mister AJ. and um, yeah, we always joke about did I? age. I'm sure you did. But yeah, so I I was still around for the early uh, online fandom, um, for the mail group days, for the days when it was AVP News that was the big dog. And even then on those boards, you know, the complaint about Predator 2 was, you know, it's no fucking Arnold in it. So that, that, that pervaded for quite a while.
1: Now, I believe that people don't judge it based on that fact as much. I think Danny Glover has become quite a significant star in his his own right. I mean, he was back then, too, yeah, but I feel like he was very representative of the, you know, those cop action movies back in the day. I have still have not seen them, but he was in the Lethal Weapon movies, right? Like, he was yeah. the star yeah, that, that, in that those. That
0: was his big thing. Was... And so, him, him and Mel Gibson.
1: Yeah. He always plays a cop. Like, he played a cop in Saw as well. Like, I, I really liked the Saw films and his character with that too, so... Yeah, but I now, thought I thought he did great in in Predator Two, and I, I don't think it needed Arnold. So sorry, continue, AJ.
3: Well, now Predators has or the Predator franchise has morphed to to a franchise with no reoccurring characters. You know, and that's the beauty of it. Except for. Anna, you know, briefly on a video screen in the back of Predator 2, nobody returns. It's, it's very unique in that way. So now it's no longer, you know, you had that problem with Alien with Sigourney Weaver. That's why you had them looking for a way to bring Sigourney Weaver back for Alien 4. You know, and they came up with this clone idea and oh, I can't stand that movie. That's another podcast. <laughs> well, it was originally yeah. going
2: to be Newt, but we don't know why. But uh, I think it's because Weaver changed her mind. But originally it was going to be Newt being cloned instead of Ripley.
3: But. but it's like with Arnold and Terminator. You know, they're afraid not to have a Terminator yes. movie without yes. Arnold. And I'm glad they didn't go down that path. And this is probably more appropriate for a Predator 2 podcast. But if you want to know what I think of Predators now, yes. Uh, The Predator 2018 has improved my feeling towards it. Uh, Predators to me, though, is a battle of, of like and love, right? A battle between conception and execution. That's what Predators is for me. There's a lot of things to love, ideas to love. I love the Predators having hunting dogs. I do. I love the idea of falconry with the Predators. I love the idea of a hunting reserve planet. What a terrific idea. I love the idea of opposing clans. All this so much, but I don't love the execution here. I don't think anything is done well enough for me to love. I like the Hellhounds' design. I don't love them, you know. And the same thing goes with the Super Predators and so forth. But I'm happy it exists in Predator Canada. I am, and especially after 2018's The Predator,
1: which really boo. puts boo. Yeah. I was going to say. Can we say, can we all agree yeah. the super predators are a better concept than upgrade predators. They're and the dogs in predators, predators.
0: They're not super predators. Well
1: okay, the berserker predators, <laughs> whatever you want to call them, are a better super. concept than the upgrade. And the dogs in this film were much cooler than the dogs in The Predator.
2: Well the pre- the dogs in this film had a point to them. In the Predator, yeah. they would no point to them.
1: I'm just talking from a design yeah. visual yeah. standpoint for both of them.
0: From a visual standpoint, yes. I definitely prefer the berserkers over the upgrade although i still love the upgrades fucking armor but sorry i
1: interjected on onto you aj what were you what were your thoughts there i was just gonna say that
3: uh after the predator which puts the der in predator uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that is, uh, yeah i haven't heard that one oh, that's brilliant
0: thank oh, you. i love thank
3: that you. i love that thank you <laughs> but Predators is a perfect example of uh, competent filmmaking. And it's a compliment, but it's also not. But it's compliment filmmaking to me with some excellent, excellent additional lore concepts, which is something that we didn't get from Shane Black's The Predator. So I'm glad it exists. Thumbs up. And my rating would go higher. Maybe seven, maybe an eight.
0: That's fair and a lot better than I thought you'd go. Yeah, likewise. I'd I'd give it an eight. It's an eight for me.
1: Okay, are you taking this turn then? Yeah, I'm taking this turn. <laughs> so 2010, for me, it was a good year to to be a fan. Uh, we had just got Aliens versus Predator by Rebellion 2010. And Aaron, I think that's when we started becoming better friends, was playing that game through the game nights.
0: The prequel news was quite busy at that point as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was starting to pop up. So that was February the game came out, and we were just playing the hell out of that game. I think that was probably one of the reasons why we didn't have as much of a news lead up to Predators. is not only because it was more quiet than, than the lead up to the AVP films. It was because we were following that game a lot. And we were reporting on that
0: game a lot. I wouldn't say there wasn't any news. There was just less. No, when I'm talking about my disassociation with it, I just mean... It wasn't, I wasn't excited for it at that time. You know, I I thought I didn't cover it as much as I did. You know, I went back through our archives and we still had a fuck ton of stuff coming out about this. It's just on a personal level for me, there wasn't that pre-release excitement or even memory compared to the other ones. I don't remember the lead up as a memorable time, even though I was a part of it.
1: Yeah but i remember the the movie coming out in the summer and i i went to go see it with friends and just like you and a lot of people on our our site i was concerned about what i had been hearing with the scripts. But every time I saw promotional material for the film, I think my hopes got a little higher. I remember Robert Rodriguez doing this like live stream where he answered some fan questions and he just kind of went through his his idea for the film. I think it was a few months before it came out. And I thought with that, he did a good job of selling his, his vision for the movie. And I do feel like maybe with some of his wilder concepts in the script that Nimrod Antal kind of grounded them a little bit. That's just kind of the impression I got, I guess, because even in the behind the scenes material, you they talked about Robert Rodriguez was like, yeah, he did things totally different than than I would have done them, but in a good way. So I feel like the movie was served by having him as a director. I still have not seen uh, Antal's other films, and I really, really need to. And uh, it's a shame he hasn't done more since since that film in terms of studio movies, because I, I definitely think he knows how to direct. And I feel that's one of this movie's strongest points is the characters and the interaction they have with each other. And the shots are, are great as well. I feel like a lot of this movie's problems are due to the constraints that they had. And it seems like they gave Troublemaker Studios a, a good degree of freedom in making this movie. But it seems like the budget and the
0: shooting schedule were very tight. They, they, they announced the film a little over a year before it came out. And they didn't have a script for four or five months after that. This film was turned around so quickly. And I think it was it cheaper than AVPR or was it about the same price?
1: I think it was about the same. It was $40 million. Wasn't yeah, it? That, that's AVPR's budget as well. So yeah, I think they were both around $40 million. But overall, I, I feel like with what they had to work with, they did a really great job. But I'm with you, AJ, in that the movie has a lot of really good ideas going for it that, that don't live up to their potential, that are not as explored as they should be. I thought the Noland character was set up really well. And then it's just like, oh, he's crazy. Oh, he's dead. And it's like, yes. you set up this really interesting character. Can we do something with this for like a little bit here? So yeah, I feel like, and it's the same with the setting itself. You're setting up this amazing setting of this alien world and we see planets in the sky for two shots and that is it that is the only indication we're on an alien planet for the entire movie and i'm like well maybe just show the planets in the sky again at night or something just to kind of remind us that we're still on this alien planet so i i feel that the movie's biggest failing is it doesn't
0: push its its awesome concepts as far as it could have yeah because it was too there wasn't the chance to refine those concepts i think is ultimately the problem uh, but we'll talk about that more
1: But overall, I I would give it an 8, and I think, for me, Predator 2 is also an 8.
0: Is is that a -a then-and-a-now kind of thing? Your opinion hasn't really changed on it?
1: Yeah, my opinion's not really changed. I liked it when it first came out. I saw it multiple times in theatres, and I
0: still really like it. Eric, lead us away, man.
2: Well, um, 2010, um... Nothing really sticks out about me for the year, but I do remember in the lead up to it, like there on, I remember reading the script and um, I heard it was greenlit and apparently it was greenlit based on that script to this day. I don't know how, but that's what colored my perception a lot for it. I was willing to give it a chance. I was waiting to see what they did with it. But I just remember thinking they're making this. How, how, if they manage to somehow make this decent, it's going to be a miracle. So I remember a lot of things on the forum, people talking about this super predator thing and things like that came about for The Predator and were as bad in The Predator as I was kind of dreading they would be for Predators. But I came up to it. I I brought a friend with me who I I knew she had never seen any Predator films. So I thought, this is going to be interesting. So I sat there. I knew what the script contained I thought, okay, give it a chance, and it started, and it had that great opening, although even there I was thinking, once you saw Parachutes, I was thinking – why are they using parachutes it's a little too human why use sound waves or something alien but i guess you want to infer that well you don't know what's doing it but you're going to see a predator film you know the predators are doing it sorry real I quick found... um sorry let me just interject here
1: i do think yeah the parachutes were kind of like uh huh that's weird like yeah parachutes is human technology but you still yeah. see the device on his chest that's like red and blinking so i think that does yeah. get a bit of a visual it's, pl- it's just uh, you know
2: cue. something held aloft by strings it it feels antiquated compared to what a predator should have.
0: but you know that, that's that's yeah. by the by to, to be fair their entire sort of cultural aesthetic tends to be archaic and Yeah advanced.
2: well I'd say more tribal so I would have thought if they did a parachute it should it should look like have a tribal look to it like the shipping predator too and like sure. that thing with the shoulder cannon it's got that sort of aztec look to it like how would the aztecs make a parachute something like but you know when you figure out the budget for it you probably realize oh they probably had to get something off the shelf or whatever anyway once i went sat down and saw it with my friend and i said like, okay interesting good beginning that's interesting and the thing i felt about how it was actually executed the thing that's kept with me in fact all through these years is structure wise it's a good example of a film that never lets up it's like aliens once it gets going it never really lets up it goes from one scene to the next scene to the next scene and there's interesting things about the only time there's a sort of lull is when they get to nolan's lair sort of thing although in there i so like AJ was saying, you kind of think, "Wow, this is like a thing of predator design or some other civilization. What are they going to find in there? What's he collected? What's he scavenged?" And all you see is the yakuza guy getting an ancient Japanese sword, and that's it. You'd think that's a key thing you can capitalize on, but they didn't. But aside from that, it's pretty much they keep the tension rolling, which is the one area I think the Predator really lacked in. But in this, the tension keeps up, and I think that's what saves a great deal of it. My friend, at the end of it, she'd never seen a Predator film. She wasn't really into horror, but she really liked it. So as a piece of entertainment, I think it's fair to say it did its job. Now, as AJ says, a lot of the concepts, like you go into the Predator's like their lair, their meat locker, whatever you want to call it. And you think, oh, great, you're going to see like this trophy wall, like in Predator 2, but writ large. And you don't really get that. I squander the opportunity. And you have like the dogs, how they use the dogs is really well done. But they're basically like miniature meaty rhinoceroses with spikes coming out of them. And I would have thought, why can't they come up with something more exotic for them? For me, that was like a ugh, but. What they did with it was really well done. The super predators, what they did with their mask, it looked fake. That was my problem with the super predator. It looked like a guy in a suit once he took his... Helmet off, it looked like face prosthetic. In the original, the Predator and Predator 2, the Stan Winston stuff, it looked like a living, breathing creature. And that's what really sold you on it. A lot of the like the Predator on Predator combat, it's like essentially that was the first time you got to see it in this film. That was one of the big selling points. And it came across a bit like, a guy in a suit going up against another guy in a suit. It didn't feel like what you'd expect to see of two predators, something as vicious and brutal as a predator can be. And the same thing happened with the Yakuza fight. This thing would have been so iconic in if you'd have done it in comic form. And I was re-watching it again last night and it struck me. This could be so iconic. And they have those beautiful scenes of like the grass and the wind and it feels so atmospheric. But essentially it's just this Yakuza guy just going, Yeah! Yeah, and that's all that happens. There's no variation. It's just this Yakuza guy running at him. No variation in the combat. And it looks like a guy in a suit. He's just got an awkward rubbery thing, and he's got this sword, and he's just doing that every single time. There's no the concept is something you think. This should be something iconic that is gonna keep with us for a few years. We're gonna remember this film and it's gonna be that scene. Or it's gonna be, like you guys said, the Nolan character. Holy Christ, he's been on this planet, this alien planet for, what, 10 seasons? I think that's, you know, years or more, depending on how long a season lasts on there. He's been up against these things. He's He talks about every time you kill them, they change their armor, they change what they do. Okay, let's see some of that. He's clearly going to go out on something heroic, and he just tries to kill them with smoke. And you're thinking, why the hell did you invite them back there? Yeah. Let the predators kill them, and you can take their stuff. So there's a lot of things in there I wish they had capitalized on better than they did. With that said, as I said, the structure of it, yes, they crib a hell of a lot. Like the Yakuza guy... His end scene, that is essentially a mirror a mirroring of Billy's death. Yep. You know, the character who's exotic, he's quiet, but he knows things and he's all he's got to do kill the predator with is a blade, but he says, I will delay the predators, you go on ahead and save yourself. It's the same thing. But like with the Matrix, there was uh, there was an anime that a lot of the scenes of the Matrix were literally shot for shot in, especially on the ending when Neo's running through this marketplace. And the guy, they asked the guy who did the anime, "Well, what did you think of this?" And he said, "Well, it was clearly a copy of what I did, but it was done well, so I don't mind so much." That's what I feel about Predators. They do things well, just enough. The tension is there, just enough that you know it's a copy. They don't do what they should do with it, but especially when you factor in the shooting schedule the budget like with avp I actually find out they only had enough budget for a single flashlight to be used on the entire set you go holy christ that looked like millions of more dollars than it actually cost once you're aware of that you appreciate this film a lot more they probably didn't have time to do a lot of this stuff that you wish they had done and it's it's a prime example of they did a lot with what they had but Yeah, I wish they had broken, had the courage enough to break new ground story-wise, but how they went about it, like, I remember Isabel, I remember Edwin, although it's got, literally, it's a film where a rapist jumps on the back of a predator and says, die, space faggot! (laughs) <laughs> you don't care. I mean, you remember Nikolai, he's the guy with the minigun, like you remember the guy in the minigun in the first film. Again, it's a copy. But, you know, you remember Mombasa. You remember these characters in ways that the Predator... It just instantly kind of forgettable. With this one, I thought it's not as good as it could be, but I kind of want to know the how Isabel and Royce, what they do. Are they going to meet another team? Are they going to somehow get to Earth? What happens with them? Whereas you just don't get that with the characters in The Predator. You kind of don't care if they live or die. You maybe not care if these live or die so much in this one, but you do think like Nolan. You think once you... His, like you have like heroes kill him, not even the... No, actually, you don't. You have a predator kill him, that's right. You know, he kind of goes out in a blaze of glory, but you think, I want is a no more from him. You have these characters you want a no more of you know they've been in war zones you know you've had um like chuchillo danny trejo's guys he was in uh he was a cartel enforcer that's interesting couldn't they have had a scene like in aliens where you have royce he talks about this plan that they've got to do let's see them bring their own individual expertise into this plan like isabel isabel she's a sniper for the israeli defense force does she have expertise that she would have gone, well, no, don't do it like this, because when I had to do this, we did the same thing. This is how they defeated us. How about we do this? It would have been nice to have a scene like in Aliens, where Ripley, you see her start to become more of a member of the team. You could have had all these diverse characters becoming a cohesive whole, bonding as part of a team through survival. And you had like Mombasa and Stans. They were at each other's throats originally. When Mombasa dies, Stan said, a guy was killed for that. And Roy said, well, this morning you would have killed him. And he said, yeah, but this this isn't this morning. A guy killed just so you could have information on these. It was interesting. You had these diverse perspectives, but they never really comes together where they use those diverse. But I would have liked something like that. But for what it was, I felt it was entertaining. It copied a lot of things, but yes. it did it in a way, didn't mind because it was done in an entertaining way. And that's all I can really say about that. I wish it had done more, but for what it was, it was entertaining. It's got rewatch value. So I don't mind rewatching. I have to give it space, but I don't mind rewatching. It doesn't feel like a chore. Like if I was going to watch, like I like parts about Alien Resurrection, but I would Alien Resurrection can feel like a chore having to rewatch it. This, I don't mind. I can sit down and I think, a lot of that's to do with running time. It's only an hour and a half. And the music is almost tone, pitch, perfect copy of the original Predator score, but it does it well. It feels like Alan Silvestri composed the music. so. I would give it 7 to 8 out of 10. It's not as good as it should have been, but once you factor in the shooting schedule, how much money they had to work with, it wasn't even ADI that did it. It was a brand new special it was a troublemaker. I don't think they the, no, I don't I don't think
1: they were brand new. It was KBX no, that was Yeah, they
0: hadn't had experience on a Predator film yeah. before is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were new to that stuff. I well, some of them had the two of the founders did actually work on the first film Oh, okay. Greg Nicotero, yeah, and Howard Berger. Berger.
2: Okay, well, that's good to know. But as I would say, still, when you when you factor in all those things, it's it's a miracle, especially with the script. That's what really put a downer on on it for me. I was thinking, I'm going to sit through this, but I'm the best. I'm going to hope for it's going to be. Okay, I didn't mind that, but I watched it and I thought that was a lot better than I was. I was prepared it was going to be. And to this day, I pers- I like Predator 2. I like when the creature is on film. It's fantastic then. The rest of it feels very generic and like a Steven Seagal film of the 1990s. Mm-hmm. With this, it's- <laughs> I know you're going to disagree, but for me, that's how I With this, there are bits I like about it, but aren't to do with the creatures being on film. So for me, that's when I know, oh, okay, this is sort of engaging me. This is, it's not compelling, but it's, it's engaging me with Predator 2. I kind of like want to fast forward it to where the Predator turns up. So for me, although the creature stuff and the music in Predator 2 is better than this film, I mean, as I said, in this film, there's a lot where it looks fake, but as a whole film, I prefer this to Predator 2. Not so much Predator. Predator is still the. You know, the one up there, everything else has got to come up to it. But this, to me, is the best sequel so far. I think we need a Predator 2 podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We're going to have one in (laughs) November. November. Yeah. 30th anniversary.
3: And can we talk about the uh, elephant in the room? By the way, when Eric was talking, my 8 went to a 7. Remember I said it was between (laughs) 7 and 8? It's just getting me more frustrated. So maybe we could talk and maybe Aaron could lead it off about the homage situation. Yeah, she, yeah.
0: You know what that that was immediately where I was gonna go to
1: There is a lot to To touch on from from what you were saying there, Eric. And I monopolized
0: time again, sorry.
1: (laughs) I do feel like this movie takes a lot of beats from the first film. I mean, obviously your main difference between the the first two films is in the first two films you have a, a group that is familiar with each other. In this movie, you have a bunch of killers that have never met each other, and that is the major difference. But
0: there is far more difference in it than that.
1: That's true. Ah. I mean, the setting, but I'm, I'm just talking about you're in the jungle, they're being hunted, they're being picked off one by one. The musical beats are, are very, very similar. You have the Billy's Last Stand. It's too ridiculous. I, I, I agree with you. It is not a remake of Predator, but there are a lot of similar beats and there are a lot of, especially at the end when he shows up with the mud and he says, kill me, I'm here. Like there's a lot of stuff it emulates from the first film.
0: But he doesn't but... say get to the chopper like in the Predator. <laughs> well, no, no, it should have been get to the spaceship.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, I feel the the misuse of the word remake is often what leads to the uh hyperbole Right. But they should be using the word retread instead, where the film feels like it's retreading a lot of the 1987 film versus remaking it.
0: Enough to call it a complete blanket retread, though.
3: No, not blanket. No. But if if you look at like the definition of retread, right, is something made or done again, especially in a slightly altered form. And the only difference between a homage and a retread is a homage does it in tribute. So then technically, can a retread be a homage? Yes, it can. But then I suspect it's up to the viewer, it's up to the eye of the beholder to accept them as tributes, regardless of the director's intention. And it also begs the question, how much is too much? And it was too much for me.
0: And I think for a lot of fans, which I find super disappointing, because it is the biggest com I mean, while you're now saying retread rather than remake, you have been guilty of that in the past. Yes. And retread. a lot... No, you've been guilty of remake. No. No, search my username <laughs> on the forums. You won't
3: say, you won't see remake. You'll say retread. And I always quote what Stitch in our forums, shout out to Stitch. He said, it's more than a homage and it's less than a remake. It's a retread. And I've actually quoted. So I want to, I want to be clear. I stay away from remake, but look, instead of an earth jungle, okay. It's an alien planet that looks like an earth jungle, but it's a jungle again. And in ta- instead of Blaine holding a uh, comical minigun that doesn't belong in a jungle, you have Nick Holding a comical minigun that doesn't belong in the jungle. Instead of you having your ethnic Native American Billy, you got your ethnic Native American who is, or not na- uh, Native American, that is just Japanese, yeah, I mean, you know? And both, they're willing to take their shirt off to confront the predator. <laughs> yes.
2: You know, I forgot about that.
3: Yeah, and instead of bare chest with the exact
1: Nike, same music too, with the exact yes, same it musical be beats. Exact same one. Yeah,
3: you know, same. and instead this time, instead of Billy sensing and staring in the jungle, I guess it's nothing major. You know, it's Mombasa staring in the trees, and this time instead
0: of but how uh, is Dylan, that different to Danny? Uh, Glover, on the top of the tr- uh, on the top of the building
3: because he's not staring into a tree, just staring. But staring, is it just that location? Something. It's partly location. Well, it's n-
1: real quick. So in both the first and Predators, you have a character come coming over. Like, what do you see? And then he's like nothing. So it's it plays out the same way. Yeah,
0: but that still happens in Predator 2. It's uh, no, he's da- he's Danny- up there by himself no, in Predator. Because too. Danny Archer, uh, fucking hell, how do you pronounce his last name? Lover. No, um, his mate. And he aims his he aims his
1: weapon too. He's not just like staring in the tree. The scene it's it's the similar thing where they're both seeing an invisible predator.
0: It still happens on the top of the the, the building in Predator Two at the start. Glover turns, um, Harrigan turns around, his mate whose name I cannot fucking yeah, Danny Boy. and he says, "Help me up. down." No, because no. He, no. he turns help- around and sees it. What is what? What have you seen? No, I'm just he, sh- he just shakes his head. Like it's the heat. I mean, yeah, it's... he blames it on the heat, but he still thinks he's not seen anything in the end of the day. But it's not
3: that suspenseful, slow moving. You know, he's staring, and it's staring back. It's And it's also about the quantity, you know? I mean, like I was saying before, you don't have... You you know, you have a... Dylan, he's the CIA. He's uh, someone in the team that has an alternative motive. And this time, you have Edwin, you know? And you got sort of the South American Anna.
0: I think that's completely different. different, Yeah, Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between... no. Edwin's a surprise character overall. Don't think he works. We'll talk about that in a bit. But that... Just because there's similar sort of story elements, the structure, the way it plays out is all fucking completely different. Aliens is more of a remake of Alien than Predators is of Predator.
3: Well, you talk about the shirtless scene and you're going to tell me it's the fires, right? That's different between, you know, Dylan. I mean, uh, you have Dutch, he's covered in mud. He's got his shirt off, his muscles flexing. Royce, Brody, what, gained 25 pounds of muscle. He's got mud on. He's also saying, come on, kill me, do it, you know? And of course, it plays out a little differently, but it's basically, I think, in terms of what's happening, it's the viewer's subconsciousness, okay? When you're in the jungle in the night again... With mud covered on your body saying, kill me, kill me now. You got minds constantly being pull- pulled back to Predator in 1987. So many times that the viewers can't help but feel its similarities. It's a rehashed experience for some. And it's a complaint that happens so often. It has to have some merit, right? There's enough smoke here that there has to be fire. And it's really up to the viewer and how they take it personally. And especially I've, with the I've, musical cues.
1: I think what you're saying has merit but I don't know if it's to the film's detriment or if it's an effective homage. And it does do it a number of times. First of all, let's, let's talk about the score, right? John Debney, I believe, is the composer. Yeah, I, I think so. he did a great job, even though he more or less is emulating the sounds of Sylvester's score with the first two films. I think he kind of takes those beats and he modernizes them a bit, but musically, it sounds like the original Predator. And like, it's at
3: the same points. I mean, if you remember that little chokehold trap That Roy sets up—it's the same music as Dutch and his team were setting out the trap and having bait, right? Dutch was the cheese. Yeah. So it's a combination of that that keeps people's minds going back.
1: Yeah, they have similar musical themes at similar
0: story elements. Yes. Yes. I Um, never disagree with that. I I do not I do not disagree that there are very well there there are essentially the same certain beats throughout the film hanzo's thing is a very obviously intended to be a callback to billy that you know that's through the music that is through the visuals and it's at that oh we did get
1: to see the fight that time which i did appreciate and i know eric you you didn't like the choreography with the fight but i thought it it started off pretty strong it uh, when they were off, doing the, the just, close uh, yeah. combat but then when they started doing the charges I thought that was interesting as well I think it, it could have
2: yeah I think it
1: was they should have switched it up a bit more but oh, yeah. I still think the, the imagery with the the flowing grass and the wind and the yeah. top down shots it, I was, say, it starts yeah.
2: off really well but what they do it's just the it's just hanzo running and shouting every single if they do it like four or five times and you just think to him, but this is a predator he's meant to have all these gadgets why isn't some well because like even he, him him as he a defloat. guy with a sword he should be doing something different with
0: that yeah. sword a sword fight Except a couple of clashes. That was supposed to be, from what I remember reading, a particular Japanese fight style. Mm-hmm. At least from Hanzo's perspective. Um, at point of view, sorry. I do have problems. I'm like Eric. I do have problems with the choreography of that. I particularly don't like... We're going to go all over the fucking place here. I don't like Falconer dying at that point. But, Too quick. But- yeah that's my big issue with the film is that there are too many berserkers there should have been one that got blew up that got sliced the fuck up and still made it through to the end but we'll get on to that later
2: well i think in in terms of the similarity stuff like aj you mentioned like royce and dutch i think yeah he covers himself with mud and he says kill me but i think it was they made it interesting because he used fire like Dutch used the predator's thermal imaging against it in terms of he went invisible. Royce overwhelmed it with heat, and I thought that was interesting. That was an inter- that made it different enough for me to go, oh, that's an interesting way of defeating a predator. And when he, you know, they had the predator defeat that by zooming on his he heartbeat. I love that. I thought that was a. Now, I don't know if Terminator Salvation was in 2008. It was around the same time. Yeah now, yeah. now, in that, there was a similar scene where um, I think Sam Worthington or Christian Bale He was hiding from the T-800 endoskeleton and it zoomed in on his heart beating. So I don't know if one film copied from the other in that regard. But I still thought it was an interesting way to make it sufficiently different from the Dutch thing for you to think, yeah, it's obviously inspired, influenced by the Dutch thing. But for me, I like that he used this extra thing of setting things on fire and he overwhelmed a predator's strength into weakness. I liked that. I knew I could tell it was inspired. I could tell it was strongly influenced,
0: but it was an interesting strategy. For me, that made me go, oh yeah, I like what he's doing. It was also a narrative thing though as well, because unlike Predator, where Dutch discovered it entirely by accident... Isabel hands Royce this information earlier on, so it it becomes... Which you have to have in a sequel, pretty much, because the audience
2: already... That was my other problem with Predator 2. You had this series of killings, and they set up like this buddy detective mystery when the audience knows what's doing it. And in this one, they leapfrog over that problem by having Isabel... You have a character, they already know what's doing it. they do they tell the audience knows, the characters knows. You're already on the same page at that point. Yeah.
3: And on its own, I could see people accepting that, but in a culmination of all those issues, you know, Dutch going off a cliff into water and everyone else going off the cliff into yeah, water. Yeah, I agree. And- like that. Uh, again, retread is done again, but in an altered form. And again, it's up to the viewer to see it as a tribute or something else. Right. So I just want to I'm not standing on my pedestal saying this is a copy of Predator. I'm not. And a seven is a positive score. And there are some people on the forums that come in there and give it a three, you know, a two. They say it's the most horrible film ever. And I'm happy it's part of the lore. But I do identify somewhat with and I do respect that opinion. And I believe there's merit to it i just don't believe it could be dis- uh dismissed as um hyperbole that's all
0: i think they dismiss the film through that excuse but that is why i have such a huge problem with it yes it retreads but it moves past them it sets up and moves further hanzo's thing is when they're making the film it's it's the fight we didn't get to see with Billy, and that's because Billy got stabbed in the fucking back and didn't actually get to fight. But Aaron, wouldn't it be great if
3: Nikolai didn't have a minigun but had like a, a railgun? You ever see a racer? Arnold Schwarzenegger? They had this prototype <laughs> railgun, and it's an amazing weapon. And then you have something new in the lore. You know, you have the, the minigun from Blaine, and then you got this amazing electromagnetic railgun. You know, do something, explore new grounds. That is
0: looking for excuses. I think, yes, it's a fucking minigun. Yes, it's a tribute, but there's only so much difference. I think that you can, you can sort of give that. I mean, again, to go to Alien and Aliens, Ripley has a flamethrower in the first one. Ripley has a flamethrower in the second one. You don't see people bitching about that
3: but it's the culmination is what's suspect. I mean, I, there, there's so much of it that, and with those musical cues that people are just taken back to it. You know, it still feels like the same setting. I realize it's a, alien planet and i realized they had limited budget and by the way i think once they discovered all those planets they were on a different planet i think they should have used they should have died up some of the leaves you yeah know, yeah they, i, I, I like,
1: will say yeah. they hinted the fact that they're on another planet a couple times where she puts the leaf the leaf in the water and the sun's movement and then we get the reveal of of the planetary bodies in the sky I honestly thought that could have been a bit better. Like, I just watched the movie again in in 4K, which is the first time I had seen the the 4K cut. And some of the effects hold up better than others with the, the CG. And I think the planets in the sky... I mean, you have a planet that looks obviously just like Jupiter on the left-hand side, and there's like three massive bodies just all crowding the sky right there. And I think you could have had a bit more subtlety with that and show it more like throughout the film. I also thought it was strange that the character of Edwin could identify this toxic plant like down to the scientific name on an alien planet. So there are a couple moments where
2: he say, he claimed he said he was a doctor, so I assume he was he did have that. Tr- he was probably a, a botanist or something and, and then he became you know he had a thing for poison so i think when I rewatched it last night, I kind of had the similar thing in mind when I saw that scene. But then as it went on to his reveal later on, I was thinking, yeah, when you understand what he is, I can kind I of mean, buy he, he has some kind of He could have there. said
1: something like, oh, the, this plant seems toxic, rather than here's the scientific name for this plant on
0: an alien
1: planet. Like, yeah. Well, he has to recognize so...
2: the type of plant. Yeah,
0: that, that, that was a thing from, I think, the earlier draft. I read a lot, I think, was his thing. But he wasn't a doctor in the first version oh okay in the earlier version we still don't know how, so it's how it better here
2: when he says i'm a doctor because then you, yeah, you think but... he must have something in his background and because he says the latin name for it i took it as a hint that he is very aware he's like he's an educated person poisons and things so see the thing with him saying a latin name it's the thing about that that struck me was that's not how a person talks like he should have come across more nerdier or something up to that point if he's going to say Latin names. He should have said something like, like you said, oh, that that's the kind that you want to stay away from that or something. Him saying the Latin name came across a bit, what?
0: But him knowing the Latin name, I didn't have a problem. Well, let's get to Edwin later because I think he's going to be a discussion in his own right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I will say the 4K transfer of the film was solid. This was the first of of the Predator films that was shot digitally as opposed to on film. I did think it was a little noisy for a digitally shot film. So I was kind of surprised by that. It wasn't bad. Like it wasn't it wasn't really noisy or anything because you didn't have the film grain. But it was still a little more noisy than I would expect with a digitally shot film. Sometimes but, they artificially add the grain afterwards. For Yeah, reasons. maybe maybe they did that to make it look yeah. more film-like and, and it shows up a little too much of the 4K transfer. I don't know. But the film still looks really nice. I will say, like I said before, the visual effects, like when they're approaching the drill, you can tell it's kind of CG composited and it just seems like they had a really tight budget to work with this film. Sure. But overall, visually, it holds up and... Aaron, I'm kind of with you. I feel like the beats of the first Predator film work in this movie's favor. And even though they're recognizable, they don't feel like ripoffs. So, yeah. Anyway, what do you what do you want to
0: touch on next? Let's, let's just wrap that up. But before we do, because you fucking went all over the shop with that one. <laughs> in terms of the busyness of the sky when they make that reveal, it can't be a planet. It's got to be a moon. It's got to be a moon around this gas giant. That's no moon. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just as an aside, I, that always pisses me off how busy that is as well. As pretty as it is to see a gas giant, I'm always like, that, that's a moon. They're not on a planet, they're on a moon. That's the only reason there's so much shit up there.
3: I think there'd be adverse <laughs> effects, by the way, if the sun never moved, or rather the planet never moved, I think there'd be adverse effects right.
0: to that. Pl- yeah. <laughs> well, some, some are, but it, that's, that's a completely well, no, realistic no scientific mentioned- question.
2: Yeah, Nolan mentioned, mentioned seasons, so, season, so I it think had to it probably rotate. just has a longer day yeah. cycle. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. I
0: mean, that's my guess. I'm just going. It might be a good really guess. Up, so. <laughs> just to dive back into the homages, then, because I don't think we have actually really wrapped that up. I, I always have fully acknowledged that there are repeated elements, there there are homages, because nothing in a sequel pisses me off more than reused dialogue. <laughs> and, and there were instances of it in this, but for me as an overall experience, it, it wasn't enough to piss me off. It didn't feel derivative it didn't it didn't feel derivative. it didn't feel regardless of the repeated beats, like a remake of predator, which is why I've always had such a problem with people having a problem <laughs> with it
3: And I respect that you know I respect that position. I just want to respect others people's position too. Yeah. You bring up aliens and I don't think you ever watch aliens and go, "Wow, I feel like I'm in the middle of alien multiple multiple times, even with the uh, space vacuum,
0: the, um, the airlock airlock thank you <laughs> but it's, that that's why it's such a that's why it's such an interesting thing to me for this film because structurally speaking alien and aliens are just so so close uh, their story structure is, is essentially the same even down to the the fifth the fourth act kind of thing you know Syl described calling predators a remake of predator is the same as trying to call alien 3 A remake of alien and that that is my position on it i don't think i'm ever going to change anybody else's um perspective on the other side but it's why i find this film so tiring to talk about because i just i don't see eye to eye with a lot of people on the complaints even though i'm fully acknowledged that yes there are repeated elements yes there are repeated beats
2: It's whether they feel too on the nose or not. It's an individual.
0: Yeah. And this is
1: why it's frustrating. Like, it's going to come down to your own personal perspective on whether or not you feel like this works to the film's favor or if it's too much of a retread. It's forgivable. Yeah, this is well, it's not even that cuz I I do feel like that's part of the movie's charm to me is how close it is to the original Predator while also having its own unique identity. But it's not a remake. It's I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, Gus Van Sant's Psycho, which is literally a shot for shot remake of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, and it just feels so What's unnecessary. Yeah. So this is, this is not a remake. This, this well, has its own unique identity with unique characters. For me, the film's main failing is it, it has those awesome ideas and it just does not massage them enough it does not go far enough with them and whatever reason that is probably to the constraints of the filmmaking as as those reasons usually are i still really enjoy the film and i would never call it a ripoff i would never call it a remake and those those elements i feel are love letters to the first movie and they're effective for me but for other viewers they may be like oh this is just like the first predator movie and that did it better so it's gonna come down to your perspective on that
0: yeah yeah same as everything, isn't it? Characters, then let's let's move off from this because I don't think AJ is going to change his mind. And I don't think I'm going to change my mind. Well, if you remember, I've given it a positive score. You, I, know, I, I know, I know. And just why take those, it, Aaron. Just take
3: it. It's why those issues bother me. I'm just defending the voiceless right now. Yeah. Uh, they they do have a point, but you're right. That's the good. word remake is misused, and we're all for an agreement there.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think we're also all in agreement that, considering the state of that original Rodriguez script,
1: oh,
3: yeah. this
2: is a miracle. <laughs> I, I, this is so much better compared to what it could have been, and that was but my didn't, fear. At didn't the time.
1: Rodriguez himself admit that he had just gone wild with it the script? And yeah, he yeah. he knew that it would be changed.
0: Well, it wasn't. It wasn't just a case of throwing everything but the kitchen sink at it. It it was a poor script regardless of throwing everything in there. I I think that this took actual interesting elements from... There there was interesting stuff in that, and I think this film did a a good job of picking that as its foundation. You know, things like Crucified, things like The Preserve, stuff like that, I, I think worked. But let's talk characters let's let's yes. talk characters because eric's eric said you know everybody was distinct and, and and interesting and and i've already alluded to my problem with edwin so who, who should we start with uh, should we start with edwin or should we start with mr brody because he was quite controversial
1: i oh. think he yeah he was um people first heard about him and they were like that guy from the pianist like he's gonna be the action movie star to take on the predator but i think he fucking killed it i think he did a fantastic job playing this hardened mercenary character in the film he He did put on 25 pounds of muscle so he really tried
3: hard
0: which is even more impressive for how fucking quickly they had to he was cast and then had to (laughs) fucking star in the film Yeah. yeah ridiculous i think he has some
3: gravitas about him he's very charismatic and he might have not been my first choice but the only
1: thing that i have a problem with is his batman voice you know. <laughs> yeah. He did have a bit of the grizzled voice, I guess. Yeah.
0: That's always been something I I never had a problem with because I don't I've never really seen him it in picked. much of the stuff. I only I'm only really familiar with him from Splice, which is its own fucking twisted film <laughs> but yeah i mean i i didn't realize leading up to the release of the film i didn't realize until i was doing prep for this that he that 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 uproar was because he was just this, this was completely off brand for him mm-hmm. and and it was a very deliberate casting choice on on nimrod and um rodriguez's part because again it, <laughs> it's always going to come back to that remake thing they deliberately didn't want to do arnie because they thought people would be like fuck off and yeah. they 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 casted against type but the interesting thing was you know like aj said he put on that muscle mass and it's like with holbrook in in the Predator. you know they went for somebody that was more realistic of a, of a special forces a, a, an operator kind of physique well like michael bean as hicks and yeah what's his name terminator yeah I've I always liked him. I never got wrapped up in that in that casting uproar before the film came out. I know people don't like the voice, but it's just never bothered me.
1: Yeah, it's not overly done. It's, it's it's not too
3: distracting, but once in a while, you know. And I've seen his other films. I love the pianist. So maybe if you're more familiar with his work and watched it over and over again, you just notice. You know, it's like Christian Bale. I mean, he does the voice, but you still love the Dark Knight, you know? It it was just gravelly enough,
2: I thought Resource. Always... Yeah.
0: And casting against type, I think, is really interesting. I love it when they do things that I don't, I wouldn't expect, even if I didn't really know enough to expect not to expect this. But, you know, doing, doing things a little different, I always appreciate that. It doesn't always work out, but, but in this particular circumstance, I, I think Brody was a really good choice. And the whole cast, I think, had gravitas as well. Somebody mentioned that earlier.
3: Yeah. So speaking of like not expecting, and hopefully I'm not transferring too soon, but with Stans, was I the only one who found it a bit bizarre how Stans is treated in this movie? I mean, instead of presenting him like the worst of humanity, they try to mold him into this likable comic relief character. You know, hey, it's the likable rapist and killers. Hey, yeah. (laughs) it's five o'clock. It's bitch raping, bitch time. raping time. Check well, out that my was, sister. That was that, that was yeah, Edwin, The thing with but the sister what? incest
0: is best. I thought that that's more of an incredulous kind of thing. Yeah, it's like you're not laughing with him. It's like a.
1: <laughs> it's like yeah.
0: It well, it, it was for humor the in that look.
1: Right but that th- that's just a form of dark humor like yeah. look at how demented and fucked up this guy is ha ha and it's like for me it worked i thought it was funny i but. i always found it <laughs> funny yeah.
0: i mean but in that what the- <laughs>
2: fuck kind of way yeah i mean i think it went too far when you, as i said yes. earlier you have a rapist jumping on a predator saying die space faggot i mean that devalued the thing about this hulking villain of the I movie i gotta it's chuckle like a lot of predator out of that thing right? <laughs> with the loud lady going i don't think he gives a shit and i'm thinking oh you've destroyed the atmosphere
1: but that's a good line too like that was it kind of I, is but it predator it a really has always had moments of
2: humor and then yeah
1: I thought I thought his character, especially his dynamic with Mombaza, how they kind of become slightly more trusting of each other, was interesting, and how he eventually sacrificed himself. And that was one of the things I think is the most interesting aspects about this movie: is all these characters we don't see any flashbacks of them on Earth or their lives. All we um, have is their word.
2: Do on the Blu-ray. That's what I'm saying. I was, yeah. was going to
1: get to that. Yeah, they have motion.
2: Not in the, not in the film. You not Not in the film itself. In the film
1: itself, they're stories are completely limited to their time on this planet i mean in the blu-ray we have the extra material and a lot of it's narrated by the original actors too of the motion comics and we also have a physical comics that came out that we had a prequel a adaptation as well as a sequel and we'll get we'll get to that as well
0: you can never put too much stock in those though
1: Yeah. So so what I'm saying here is, regardless of who these characters were, I mean, we have their stories and we have their personalities to kind of go on. Their development is strictly in the confines of this film. And I think with that said, even characters who are seem like fucking despicable people. They have interesting arcs
3: in this movie. I disagree with the despicable people, though. I mean, they
1: were presented as monsters.
3: And Nikolai is not presented as a monster. I mean, he's he's showing his his picture of his two kids. Actually, in one of the interviews on the Blu-ray, the actor who plays Nikolai said he was finally happy this was the first role he had to put a Russian in a good light. And this is I was
1: to... I wasn't referring to all the characters. I was referring to uh, a few of the the characters, like Cuchillo. You know, he's someone who kidnaps people in in Mexico. So I'm I'm just saying some of them seem to have darker past than others, but we judge them based on what happens in this film.
3: But Isabel says they were picked because they were monsters. You know, they were yeah. predator.
0: She he can still be an effective killer as a soldier without necessarily being. A monster. A monster. I mean, it would still be a predator and an interest to the predators in that regard. But that's, I think, that's Isabel projecting a little bit.
2: Isabel clearly had guilt about her own past. She was yeah. projecting it on other. I thought I was rewatching it last night, and I think Alice Braga really made that work. But I think she made it work because she she did little things to make it clear that that was her character's perspective. She she was meant to be the narration point of view. Well, I, I did think she
1: it was had an interesting. had guilt over herself. I think it was an interesting dynamic with her conversations between Isabel and Royce in which she was kind of like, oh, maybe we deserve this. And Royce is like, why don't you just admit you like it? So it was just kind of like an interesting dynamic with that, I thought. And I will say Alice Braga did a great job as a, yes. a female action star following uh, Maria Conchita Alonso and Predator 2. I feel like both of those movies had great female additions to to the cast. She was great.
3: And that and she put on muscle, too. I don't know if you saw. I mean, she was covered mostly, but in the documentary, she built a lot of muscle. And she said that sniper rifle was like 14 or 15 pounds that she had,
2: you know, hold up for long periods of time. She was fantastic. I I think I mean Aaron you might know this but I've got a feeling that in the lead up to this film that was one of the things that we heard about like a a female lead and there was a subsection of fandom going oh you're going to have a woman doing this I was saying no if you have like a like a Michelle Rodriguez or someone, someone who I'm can up a wasn't fight. Michelle
0: Rodriguez.
2: Yeah, that time. Yeah. <laughs> someone who, because the whole point about predators, they are the great leveler. You can be Arnold Schwarzenegger and you will still be fucked up. It won't matter. You, it doesn't matter your gender, your age. You have to outwit the yeah, predators. It always so.
0: comes down to your mental capabilities. Yeah. With, and with you, predators. Isabel, I liked that. Yeah, Was I, there
2: really
3: a female thing, though, after AVP even? It's more of a Predator
2: fact, because in the Alien fandom, you know, you had Ripley for ages, but in Predator fandom they always say, oh, who would be your ideal casting thing? Uh. And someone mentions a woman and then, like, you have, like, nine voices at least jumping in and saying, oh yeah, a woman, blah blah, blah. And that That's... really annoys me because you have, like, you can have a Sarah Connor or an Ellen Ripley yeah. or an Eric Sun. You can have a female character go up against a Predator just as much as a muscle bound Arnold site because it won't yeah. matter. You're I've said, I've said
1: this before sword. and I'll say it again, just to switch things up i would love to see a female lead for a predator film and a male lead for an alien film like just because it's become such a stereotype for both franchises wouldn't that be shocker if the man
3: was the last one to survive an alien you had a man and a female and the female gets killed i mean the audience would never see it coming
0: yeah there there is certain formulaic elements to both of the films in terms of casting and characters that needs to uh needs to be switched switched up Yeah.
2: yeah, I think Royce worked. Going back again to Adrian Brody, I think he worked well in this for the same reason as in the original Underworld film. You had Kate Beckinsale come on it, and she hadn't been known for being like an action lead at all at that point. But because she had that stage training, for the same reason as Royce, he doesn't like he has dialogue, but he has that sort of quiet type where a lot of his personality comes through in body language. And the same thing happened with Kate Beckinsale and Is Celine in the Underworld. Film. She sells this hardened, quiet assassin type really well. A lot of her body language. I think Adrian Brody, he had a lot of that in his career that helped him to do this. If you'd have just got like a generic bodybuilder to do this part, you wouldn't have had Royce had, as Aaron said, a lot of that gravitas. It wouldn't have come through because he would have just been reading from the script and that there are a lot of little things that Royce and Isabel and especially Nolan, when I was rewatching it last night, it reminded me of how great Lawrence Fishburne was in relatively little screen time, but he sold that Nolan character really well as this sort of traumatized he's essentially a war veteran at this point whether or not he had actually right, been in combat war, before he was taken but yeah he has clearly gone insane but he really sells that character really well i still think danny glover uh, should have played that part you know
3: <laughs> yeah i mean if you guys saw saw and how obsessed he was once his yeah. partner was killed and he's putting newspaper yeah, it was articles very similar and,
1: kind of thing yeah
3: yeah and i thought you know but it would have been better to um No, I'm not going to help you. I'm just here to survive. And then that Nolan character comes back towards the
1: end, surprises everyone, you know, and confronts the predator. Suddenly, I don't know that would have been a little tropey too, if you ask me, because that's been done a lot too. The whole like, oh, this isn't my fight. Oh wait, yes, it is. Like we've seen that. Better than what we got. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Out. (laughs) I will say, I will say that was not ideal when he just he gets them all there to help them. And he tries to smoke them out. And he has this imaginary friend, I guess. And they kind of play on that. And then these predators yeah. that he's been fighting for decades and apparently has killed multiple of. He tries to attack one with a bone hatchet. Like, yeah. what? And and I also didn't get why. What um, happened to the gun? Why yeah. did, why and did he just Royce want there. to bring the predators there? Like, how is that going to help their situation, regardless of what Nolan was doing?
0: Well, it did. Got rid of Nolan.
1: I know. But still, then they had a predator to deal with.
0: It, they that, it, with
1: them. it is
3: convenient.
2: Yeah. That's true, yeah. but they didn't well, know like it was going to play out that way. Yeah. yeah, at that point they had the grenades and if you like, Royce fires a grenade or something at where um Nolan is, and you, you have that oh motherfucker, blah blah blah. And so You're in my you know, they had house grenades now, to get out. That's a great <laughs> line. <laughs> it is,
0: that all. Was quite that was all ad libbed from what I remember the craziness oh, it of, was. of oh. Nolan that that was not scripted and there was actually there was a funny I say funny I liked it. It, it there was a line in in that bit in the in the leak draft that's online when Royce does the grenade trick to to pull the um, tracker in to him and once Nolan realizes what Royce is doing he goes you crazy motherfucker to himself and like <laughs> uh, but I, I I fucking hate Royce's um, Nolan's death. That that was one of the things I really disliked in the film because it's so overly comical and um, with the gore. It was a disservice to the character. And it really well, felt just, like they only yeah, had let, him for two days. And... let him
1: at least fight Tracker. Mm. Like yeah, give him yes. a bit of a fight. Even it, if he dies, like
2: Yeah, the problem it was a Boba Fett death. A like yes. yes. In return, of the, he he he's built up this big bounty hunt with all these gadgets, and he just gets he just jumps into a silic pit. It was the same sort of thing. You're yeah. geared up. He's got all this. He's got a mask. He's got this gun that you never see used, yeah. and. He just goes out the way he does. It was a waste. Yeah, he
0: gets turned into red mist. I believe that was a victim of the film's really fast production. I was yes. watching, I was sure watching the it. special, ef- um, the special effects commentary, and they were talking about how everything in the drill was at the very end of the shoot. And um, RR had been saying like, "No, you don't want a big thing. You don't, you don't want all this awesome stuff at the end because you're going to be rushing to get stuff done." And I think that's pretty much. I think at first it was supposed to be a cave or something. Yeah, it was in the script. The drill was
1: was one of my favorite locations of the film, though, and I feel like that didn't live up to its potential either in terms of you had this such a cool switch up of a location like, whoa, there's this big alien drill here. Is this a predator drill or is this another alien species drill that left here before the predators claimed this planet? So it really hinted at this larger universe. Yep. Um, Conception versus execution. Yeah.
3: yeah. that
0: That's something I tend to switch between. Because one of the things I really do love with Predators is all these new concepts that it introduces. Yes. You know, we see the drill, but the question is, yes, is it a Predator drill or is it some alien drill? If it's an alien drill, does that mean the Predator stole this moon from somebody? Did they wipe out a civilization on this planet? And There's lots of little moments in it where it, it, it creates more questions that I don't Mm. think necessarily cheapens the film. No, it's good mystery.
1: Yeah, like the space jockey. Yeah,
3: Yeah,
0: exactly. That that was where I was going to go. And I think a lot of those kind of moments in this film do work because, yes, I would fucking love River Ghost to have had a more prominent presence, but the film doesn't suffer because he doesn't but it enriches the universe. So I think that's kind of one of those Catch-22 moments where it does a lot of little things that create questions, create mysteries, you would have liked to have seen more of, but I don't think it necessarily suffers from them. I'm, I'm yeah.
1: not saying I wanted the drill to be explained more. I'm just saying you had such a cool environment with the sets they built for that. I would have liked more to have taken place within that. I would have liked to maybe have seen more within the drill, But what we did because what we did see was so intriguing. But maybe you're right. Maybe that would have played it too much. It's It's like the Space Jockey thing, like, oh yeah, I would have liked to have seen more inside the Derelict, but that's why it's effective is because i want to see more even though we don't
3: but i don't the river know I ghost,
1: just... he, aaron brought
3: up the river ghost right and you're and you look at the behind the scenes pictures this costume looks fantastic the creature is mysterious and it's a wonderful design but criminally underused yeah. you know yeah, um, i, I, mean, I mentioned on the forums a few times that the river ghost should have followed the group at a distance like Gollum in fellowship of the ring where yeah, yeah. where royce already knows they're being followed by it but wagers if it was a danger that they would it would have attacked him by now. Then at some key moment, one of the group is going to like die at the hands of a hellhound or something. And next thing you know, the river goes dashes in to save him or her. And you go, OK, same team. No words need to be spoken. And this would have made the film feel more
0: otherworldly. But they, it was just criminally un- underused. I don't disagree with you in, in that fashion. There is... Him in particular, I would have just loved to have seen so much more from. And I hate that they expand... In general, it's fucking criminal at how much the Predator expanded universe does not build on elements from from the films. And, and Predators in particular... We did see a bit. One of the things I'll point to that I I think was a great use of
1: of this was the mobile video game, AVP Evolution, because you had the Berserker clan. I mean, they still all looked like Tracker and Falconer and uh, Mr. Black, unfortunately. So I wish they would have had a bit more visual variety. But it takes the idea of that that's a a certain clan that is warring against more traditional predator clans. And it throws it into the the AVP universe. And I, I think that game did a pretty interesting job job with that. But you're right. I, I do feel there's more to be mined from Predators specifically. Again, we got those comics. Um, the Awful. sequel comic was a little silly. I
0: thought the adaptation and the prequels were were fine. The, the adaptation was interesting because he, it told it through Isabel's point of view. And it tried to spin it in a little different direction where Isabel was hunting a Predator. You know, she'd gone to the site of Predator. The, the first one, you know, she'd gone to the nuke crater and, and she was there. She got kidnapped while trying to hunt the Predator. So that was a little interesting spin on it. I don't necessarily think it works massively well as as presented in the comic, but even the prequel stuff I think is a little i don't think great i was i reread that in prep for this, and I remember thinking they were okay, but i think i'd I'd probably only give them five out of sixes maybe
1: i would like to see another comic i think the end of this movie obviously set up a sequel that's never going to happen right they were contracted yeah. for another film and unfortunately it's not going to happen but i'm still very curious about those characters so i'm like well show me what happens like you can ignore the other comics but give us a new original like graphic novel where we find out if they make it off the planet how does that happen or if they don't what are their ultimate fates
3: Look how long uh, it took us to find out about Dutch,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I, w- I would definitely love to see them build on all the elements from that. Yeah. Me too. I forget the character, the actor's name, but I think Hanzo's actor did a really good job with Hanzo, considering how little. Yeah, yeah, like two, or th- he had. two or three lines in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I really cannot fault the entire cast, apart from Edwin. I was going to say let's go Yeah, to let's Oakley, let's get let's get to that. that.
1: Uh. So he he is the comic relief I would say more so than stuns yeah uh yeah walter goggins character i think he they play off each other a bit because i think he's he's supposed to represent the audience like whoa this guy's fucked up kind of thing but then you (laughs) find out he's even more fucked up and this kind of i mean we knew about it because it had leaked but it comes out of nowhere where he's just like oh yeah i'm a serial killer and i like it here on the planet even though he just begged for his life and i've been building your trust for this moment where i'm going to be totally fucked (laughs) like (laughs) His motivations did not make much sense when he revealed himself as this psycho. And yeah, that's why he's a psycho. (laughs) I I guess it just did not work for me.
0: No, It goes towards that whole thing of your psycho neighbor and you're like, I would never have expected that of him kind of story. Conceptually, he's really interesting. And as an actor, I think Topher Grace, you know, does that unassuming kind of thing really well. But Mm. I don't think the turn works up. Or his character either needed more work or dropping completely because it just feels pointless at the end of it. It is interesting how he...
2: Topher Grace sells the turn really well, as well as you can do as an actor. But you're right in terms of the script. Yeah, I agree. I
3: disagree. I think another actor could have done a much better job. And I think they recognize that in post. And that's why they gave the psychotic Isabel view where the eye is going bigger than the other one. And I really don't think he could sell it. And he had to be helped in uh, post.
1: I was just about to say, yeah. When he poisons her with the neurotoxin, and it goes into like this trippy, kind of sinister. Oh, this it's is who cry. I really am. Yeah. So it's yeah, it was kind of interesting too when Royce turned the the scalpel around on him and just stabs him in the throat. I was super
0: sized. And he's like, "But I'm fast."
1: Like, so that
0: that was that pretty was a good
1: line. Funny. Yeah, I
0: like that. I like how much Royce is aware of how shit of a person he is. You know, that that that's that moment, you know, where Ed, Edwin's like, she always believed you, you are a good man. And he's, it, at that point, it's like, no, I'm not fucking not.
1: Yeah, I, I do think there were a couple of deleted scenes that yes. I could have helped the film more. Like if you see the one where Royce confronts Edwin.
0: Do you think that would have helped though?
1: Yeah, because it would have like, it would have made you a little more uneasy about his character, his story. Rather than have it be such a jump. Yeah, it would have been more like, huh, well, who is this guy? It would have set up the question a bit more as opposed to just like being
0: totally like, whoa, that was random. I'm not sure because I don't think the story he told Royce was really, um, I don't know whether it's him downplaying what he'd done, but it it just didn't feel threatening enough to me.
3: I think it would have helped Royce's character that Royce is like, I'm onto you. You know, does he Mm -hmm. buy this excuse? I don't know. But the fact that, you know, when he's taking a leak and he pulls him aside with a knife. (laughs) That was so funny. yeah. Ah, uh, I mean, it. I think it helped Royce's character
1: that uh, he's not one to f with. You know, it's a shame because I feel like a lot of the deleted scenes I've watched from the last few movies, Covenant, Prometheus, this, I feel like should not have been deleted. I know that's easy yes. for me to say, and people want to cut movies down to certain runtimes. But I'm like, all these deleted scenes felt like they could have really contributed to the development of the characters in the story. Okay. So maybe with a maybe with a few exceptions here and there in some of those oh. movies,
0: but. I didn't really feel like there was a great deal of Predators ones that would have helped. I thought I could see why a lot of the cuts had been made, you know, things like the fucking parachute opening on that the one FBI agreed. eventually. Yeah. I, like I,
1: I did like the Stans one too, where he was going into how he was on the FBI's Most Wanted list and Kuchio like was like, we kill for money and shit, you just kill for fun. Like, I, I thought it was an interesting bit of character
0: development there bet- between the group. I th- thought it took away from Stans at that point because I don't know whether it was the acting at that point, but it made me feel, I don't know, take him less seriously, even though, you know, he's supposed to be a bit of a fucked up kind of dude. But as, as a character moment, I I I was happy with that one.
3: And what was the thing between Stans and Mombasa? I mean, was that a racial thing? I'm not no, sure. No, I,
0: I feel like
1: they were just, they were the first person that the other saw.
0: Well, it wouldn't have been because they, they knew Edwin was there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure. because they had maybe seen him on the news or some shit. But
0: no, they saw they knew Edwin was up in the fucking trees at that point.
1: Oh no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about um, Stans and Mombasa.
0: Yeah, they're con- They're the ones that knew Edwin was there.
2: Huh. I'm just not I, sold I think on the yeah. conflict.
0: I I thought it was a race thing, like I you think did. It's
2: just that Stans is just that kind of character where he was gonna have a fight with someone at the start. Yeah, end. he He's was just, just that like,
1: that "I want your, I want your guns," just like he does later.
0: I thought that was actually a quite a good tension moment. with, with Stans Come on Russian, the a White Mombasa guy. <laughs> I I did really like that moment. So, what do you guys I, think of Mombasa?
1: I thought he was a good character, but I do think kind of like Cuchillo. He's just one of the characters that dies immediately. And I guess with these kind of movies, that that happens. Some characters die quicker than
0: others. I think it was kind of a Blaine moment where you didn't really expect Mombasa to go as early. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which was effective in its own right because it sets you off a little little uneasy there.
1: The weapon with which he was killed by was super fucking cool. But it's another one of those many moments of this movie that it's like blink and you'll miss it. where. The predator shoots some kind of device into him that expands into like these stakes and it just like impales him from multiple angles so that he's immediately just hoisted
2: up on this thing.
0: No, it, it, they talked about it in the commentary. It, it's okay. a fucking exploding spear spear of some variety. There you
2: go. I literally didn't realise it.
0: But then again, that, that's not exactly foreign to Predator, is it, either? I mean, the question of what went down with Blaine's still yeah, talked I, about. It, you know, um, I think that's still left over from
2: the original script where it had that sort of spear gun thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But there's a
2: lot
1: of things in this movie that we see very little of that are really intriguing, like the Falcon. The, the Falconer has this little robotic drone, drone, essentially, that has these blades on it, and we see it a couple times, and we see it land on his shoulder, and that's the last we see of it. Yeah,
2: and I was hoping like, that would be weaponized or something. It though.
0: got more use in that leaked draft. See, I don't think it would have come off really well, even though it was an interesting idea. There was a bit where Mr. Black had been chasing them and it was down to Edwin, uh, Isabel and Royce and they got up into the trees. So it might have really been a location thing. They got up into the trees and they were doing, you know, like fucking Predcore. (laughs) From hunting grounds where they were trying to use the foliage and the thick branches and stuff to move around. And because Mr. Black couldn't see them very well from the ground, he was actually interfacing with the Falcon that flying above and like sinking his shoulder cannon to the telemetry being fed from the Falcon. I think it could have been interesting. I'm not sure it could have been pulled off very well in terms of the filming with their schedule.
3: Yeah.
0: It still didn't feel quite enough, though. You know, I mean, usually less
3: is more, but I just needed a little more of that, of what it could do, you know, surveying the ground multiple times, you know. It's
2: like the predator dogs in the Predator. They're there, they're interesting, but they don't really do anything in the Predator. So same thing.
3: Well, let's talk about the Hellhounds because I have some issues with the Hellhounds. Some of the concepts I love, you look at some concept art I love, but the final result of this thing uh, it really frustrates me in regards to its mm. its spikes, its tough. Right. I mean, when I when I see it sprinting, I go like, how is it not so front heavy that its head is crashing into the ground? You know, how does it how does it eat or drink Mm -hmm. when the spikes keeps its mouth at a distance from all angles? It's coming from the top, Mm -hmm. the bottom and around the sides. And how does the tusk not get caught or hung up by surrounding foliage and environment when it's sprinting after its prey? You know, you look at these and you say in design, natural selection would have rendered these hounds extinct. You know, eons ago. Well, maybe that's why
1: they're being bred by predators to be that way somehow. And that shows
3: I've heard that they say that the tusks are being bred so only the predators can feed and supply drink to the hounds. But when your design needs a little bit of that ingenuity to explain how it actually feeds there might be some flaws in that design and i saw some concept art with that was a little more streamlined with a little less tusks so i love again it's it's concept versus execution i love the idea of the dogs but i just don't understand the final final execution
0: i can't disagree with you but definitely predators over the predator in terms of the hound yep. at least it didn't have mandibles and dreadlocks i Your know thought, you're right
1: um I thought the scene of them getting flushed out was a really effective scene of like their first confrontation with an alien yeah. force on this planet. I did like how it was a mix of CG and practical effects and you see that in the behind the scenes material even though most of them being chased by the dogs is CG there's a number of scenes like close ups of the dogs attacking them where it's practical or when they're dragging a corpse and it's a practical effect. Like practical creature effects these days you can you can have a little bit and be very effective. It's just when you don't have any at all I feel like the CG becomes comes too much and this this movie did have a a good balance of that
0: and it it was definitely filmed very well as well in terms of the melding of those effects i mean you you can kind of know where they are just from being intelligent but you know the actual assembly of it all i think was really good that that was a scene i really enjoyed and and even the again like aj says you know concept and execution i do i do agree with him in terms of (laughs) the logicalness of that design and, and feeding them and stuff like that I
1: did have one problem with that scene, and that's when Isabel runs out of ammo and she's about to kill herself. I'm like, you're really going to give up that quickly? Like, you
2: know, <laughs> you well, know when you've got knife something, something? Like, like that coming at you, I think she can be forgiven, especially in the heat of the moment. Well, I me personally less so than the i agree about the size of the horns and that but to me i thought there should have been more of more more dogs because these are meant to be all elite soldiers you had a guy with a minigun just spraying and it was like they were hardly hitting them they should have been a number of those dogs fucked up in return by the sheer amount of firepower yeah. that was being given out
1: i i did like and they the were first... hardly
2: getting hit at all
1: I did like the first bit when the the first dog charged them and they all just unload on it and it just explodes
2: (laughs) into blood. This is another example. I think when I rewatched it last night, I thought, is this meant to be like the scene in the original Predator where Blaine gets hit and Mac and everyone just opens fire on the jungle? Again, it was changed sufficiently because they introduced the element of, you know, they're being flushed out with the dogs. I think that's what changed it to being, you instantly think it's just a copy to being thinking, it's inspired by because they're obviously opening up on the jungle, but it, it, it's made it completely different. And it was another example of where the thing just went from one scene to the next scene to another scene where it's tense. It's like being hunted down by a pack of velociraptors at
0: that point. The, the pacing of the film, I love the pacing of the film. Yeah. You know, that fucking that opening is one of my favorites yes. um, from the series. You know, it hits the ground running and it keeps fucking running. That's it.
2: Yeah. That's the film's strength.
0: Can we talk about K
3: and B and what a great job they did within
1: like ten weeks? Yeah. So this is the first. Well, no, we we had two studios. We had well the first time other than Stan Winston for a Predator only film. I mean, we had (laughs) Studio ADI for the two specifics. We had Studio ADI for the two AVP films. I think Stan Winston Studio had become Legacy FX at this point in 2010. Maybe, maybe
0: maybe not. When When did Stan die? Before this, I think. Was it 08, Stan died?
1: Yes, 2008. But I don't know if they were still known as Stan Winston Studio for a while after that, or or whatever. But the guys who were under him rebranded it into Legacy Effects.
2: Their first film was in... It was 2012 in 2009. So they Legacy Effects would have been around before this. Okay.
1: But they did end up going with K&B. I don't know if it's because K&B is Texas-based, and maybe...
0: They already could had have a been, relationship yeah. with um, Robert Rodriguez at this point. Everything that was to do with Predators was pretty much because Robert Rodriguez had already had a relationship or had control of some fashion. No, they're not they are not Texas-based, my mistake well, I, on that. I but. hope to
3: think he also wasn't happy with the results with ADI because if you look at KNB as well, um, what's his name? Howard uh, Berger. He came from Stan Winston. He worked on the original Jungle Hunter from 1987, you know, and it shows when you look at, what do they call him? The classic, right? Crucified. Crucified. It's- it the predator great. looks great yes uh-huh. the predator looks great and it might not be as well made as stan winston but it honors the original design it's because they
2: bothered to put a lot of mucus on it that they didn't have in the avp films they, they were just dry but that like was the a original directorial predator. thing yeah it was but you could see in this film they added that sort of liquid yeah. sheen to it and it it made such a difference
0: yeah definitely
3: It was also the – Eric, I'm crazy on the boards in regards to how a predator should look. I'm a little psychotic. (laughs) Uh, Not as much as Stan's. But, you know, I believe, you know, the Stan Winston original design has these X mandibles. You know, they, Uh they meet in an X and they're able to close their mouth and their brows are diagonal and they have a head that looks proportionate to the body you know when it was kevin peter hall his head the thing was right against his head it was tight as skin and it looked proportionate and ever since um adi has moved with it the the, this broken jaw look where it doesn't seem like it could close its mouth especially in the latest shane black's the predator the heads have become huge which i do see that problem literally (laughs) literally they're like bobbleheads i could show you some pictures but i did see some of that in regards to the super predators i still like the berserkers look but they elongated his head like an alligator and the other guy can be micaterra Yes. He said that was their idea, to give them a more elongated head. But it almost went from the side. It looks like it's almost like a crocodile head.
1: And I think that's well, a wrong... It was also interesting. I, I think KNB did, did a fantastic job. Again, they go yes. into this in the special features. Everything was rushed. They didn't have much time to put this together. My only one complaint with the effects is the classic Predator, while it looks great, the inner mouth does not move at all. Like The, the mandibles move, but the inner mouth just hangs open the entire time, which doesn't happen with mr black like his inner mouth moves if you look at it but once you see it it's just like why isn't his mouth moving because it, the first predator the predator's mouth fully closes like the the inside of the mouth you know what i'm talking about right like the snake teeth on the inside but in in this one his mouth just hangs open the whole time it, it kind of moves a little bit down but it's just kind of hanging open and i'm like what so it's it's just a bit static for me that's that's a nitpick. I admit the suit looks great, especially with the, the mask on. It looks great. It looks just like the classic predator from from the original, except with a damaged mask. And I, I feel like the three new predators as well. I think it was the first time I, I did get a bit of faith in this movie, too, was some of the leaked images of those predators on set. Because I was like, whoa, those look those look like predators, but they look really interesting and cool. Uh, the dreadlocks, instead of coming down on the side and kind of all around. They sweep off the back, which I I thought was pretty unique. And their feet are also kind of a different structure.
0: You've got a right thing about their feet you have.
1: (laughs) Well, if you you compare the feet, like the feet of, of the original predator species are just like human feet with claws, pretty much. But these ones are kind of more like dinosaur feet, if you look at them. It just kind of, I think, alludes to the fact that these aren't the predators we know, even though they're of the same species. They may be a different subspecies or race, like you like to to talk about, Aaron. But what um, could have been a gender at that point you could interpret it that way you could interpret it that it was some sort of experimentation they did to themselves but there's no indication of that and i really like the exposition bit where nolan says i was like the difference between a dog and a wolf between these these two predators but nimrod never committed in
3: regards to if they're upgraded with hybridization
0: i think they clearly filmed it with the intent for that to be in there but somewhere along the lines it was removed and i thank fucking predator gods every time i watch that film that that intent did not make it into the finished film because i came back for the sequel i'm i might have been fucking there with the aj with my fucking pitchfork and <laughs>
3: Well, and you you look at the upgrade predator and the super predator, and they do have similarities that fans can still connect. You know, they're both bigger than regular predators. They both use single bladed gauntlets. Both are brutal when it comes to hunting. Both use dogs to hunt, right? And both were even referred to as upgrade in the scripts. So if you want to go there, if you like that aspect, you can go there and assume that maybe the upgrade, the assassin in the predator is from the same clan as these super predators. If you
0: That's one of those other problems I have with critiques of the film is when people complain about the super predators because they're not the super predators as they were conceptualized, at least in the finished film. But that's me
1: but I, I do think they had an interesting design and even sideshow yeah. collectibles they, they released a skull of the original predator skull we see in the hunting camp as well as the new berserker predator skulls and their skull structures are very different and so that's why I always kind of took them like oh these are kind of Neanderthal like if you would compare a homo sapiens to Neanderthal like they both have the same evolutionary path but they're different subspecies and I liked the idea of them being there being a blood feud with them and when Nolan says like the bigger ones hunt the smaller ones and they're in charge. It again, it sets your imagination wild. Like, oh, well, is this planet literally owned by the, the berserker predators? Do they abduct regular predators just like they abduct humans and, and the river ghost species and drop them here? It's like whose ship was that? Was that classic predator ship? Was that the berserker predator
2: ship? But so you it, that this you're was, having that it's having that effect. It's having the space jockey effect. It's firing the imagination. Like right. as I said, it could have just as easily been that these larger ones were like female predators and the reason there's this clan it's like spiders male spiders keep going into the female <laughs> spiders bar. she's killing them i'm glad they didn't go ten. that route <laughs> it could have been that this is what female predators are we don't know any theory is pretty much valid it's interesting it's like when isabel talks about the predators i remember i was sitting there watching it. i was thinking please don't say yacha please don't say yacha and she <laughs> said and she said we don't know what they're called. We haven't got a name for them. And I thought, yes, that's how you sell it. That's ambiguity. That's the perfect We don't know what the reason was, but we. I like that Noland gave this background. He said they've been doing it for a long time. So it's not a recent development, whatever is being, it might have been that these ones are an experiment of the predators that got, you know, they got loose. Yeah. I do think I do think
1: what we're talking about is, for me, the movie's biggest strength and also its biggest weakness in that it has really cool, effective space jockey type mystery that opens it up for the kind of conversations and speculations we're having. At the same time, some of those concepts are so interesting and barely touched upon that it's just like, whoa! I would have liked to have seen more of that. Yeah. I want to bring up
3: something that Eric said. I think you mentioned I like the masks of the Super Predators, how it incorporated the tusks and the alien jaw. It's not a xenomorph, but you said it looked fake to you.
2: I think, right? No, I said so when, like, when he took the mask off and you had uh, these. Like, I like the Super Predators. Like, that looks more carnivorous. <laughs> Hera just drop it. <laughs> but. but the actual looked at, there's something off. it doesn't convince me that it's a living, breathing, organic creature. It I looked see. like a mask. So it, it looked like insane. a really good quality mask. And I love the, I like the design actually probably over the original design of it. <gasps> a little bit. My pro- my favourite is actually the one from Predator 2. Get out. But, <laughs> out. Yeah, but it didn't look as convincing as the classic Predator that they have there. That looked like the 87 design. It looked like a living, breathing creature. The super Predator type thing. It, it looked... Predator. <laughs> it looked like a guy wearing a mask, and that's where that fell down for me. But he hardly ever does it. But by the same token, he takes it off, puts it back on again. It well, You didn't have the payoff to it that you did in the original thing where when Dutch was facing it, it took the mask off, all bets were off. And this one, tooks it off, rah, puts it on again. Okay, I'm going to hunt you.
0: What? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it, it's different situations. You should have taken though, it off it. and just... It's, it's, it's a different entire it's situation. Different situation, I mean... but
2: thematically, I would have liked, like, once it takes it off, especially looking that brutal, they That's should have fair. run yeah. with it. It's like they're a bit afraid. We've got something new, but we don't want to show you.
1: I didn't. I didn't mind that. I thought he was just taking off his mask, like I'm going to look at you while I kill you, or something. Like it was just a moment of intimidation. I don't think he would have logically just left his mask off at no, that. No,
2: I I agree with you. It works, but in terms of the film presentation, it's like ha ha back again. I, I would have liked <laughs> once he took it off. I think they should have just gone for it at that point.
3: Uh, Aaron, the Berserker is your favorite, right, Mister Black?
2: In terms of favorite Predator. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh. oh! Well, how about favorite of these three? Of these three, yes. Because I I think just the sheer act of the fucking jawbone on the mask. I mean, the mask itself is super simple. But just the simple fucking inclusion of the jawbone, I think, conveys a lot of character just off of that. And I find that the most satisfying out of all of them. Um, Though I do really like the falconer. Falconer is probably my
1: favorite of the three designs.
0: Yeah, it's mine as well. To me, that jaw, it
2: gave it too much of an underbite. It, like shape-wise, I think it took too much, especially with the bigger jaws. I would have preferred it if there'd have been like a whole, like upper and lower jaws take to it, personally. But to me, it gave it too much of an underbite. And that's that's why the Falconer tracker won that. I liked the much underbite look. I
1: thought it was like just aggressive and... and
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. Look. It's, it's a, it gave it more of like a Viking. You know? I
3: would love to have seen the Falconer underneath the mask, though, you know? Yeah, I they was just about to, to say one. that
1: they did but i think it was literally just a repaint of the the berserker face which you'd have to imagine because the rest of their bodies match up that the, the facial structures would look pretty much the same well,
2: but is it? that's the mystery did they all look have they all yeah got that's that that's, head, that's another
1: one of those frustrating elements of the film for me is the only new predators face we see is mr black and we honestly don't see it that much so I, I would again, like to they probably seen... didn't
2: have the budget to do yeah that,
1: i would like to have seen at least one of the other berserker predators falconer probably because it, it felt like the Tusk Predator or Tracker Predator or whatever you want to call him. He was there kind of like the Gill Predator in AVP just to kind of be killed <laughs> off yeah. initially. And it was interesting how Nolan had that line that they always hunt in threes and this is something we had yeah. seen from the first AVP film. And you also have the line of the enemy of my enemy, which I don't think was an intentional reference, but I still kind of connected it you to you AVP it myself. Wasn't.
0: Nimrod told it, us it that. It wasn't, wasn't. Yeah, And even the three thing wasn't.
1: But the line from Aliens, the i'll do us both that was i I picked up
0: on that yeah i don't remember him saying it was i I don't think it was yeah i think you did yeah you asked him yeah it was the exact same quote though if that wasn't deliberate if it comes to that i'll do us both yeah Yeah, the exact exact same same
2: quote
0: well they remade that film (laughs) (laughs) well what about your favorite um berserker aj Ah, uh, it's got to be the
3: Falconer, you know. That helmet was such so, so sleek, and I love that little Falcon device that mounts, you know, on that shoulder. And I, the way I looked at the Falconer, I almost could swear that possibly that Predator was a female Predator, just the way it moved, just the way it was painted, just the way the 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 shape of it, well, you know, more that
2: streamlined.
3: Yeah, that was my head cannon until Predator
1: Hunting Grounds, when we saw female predators. Maybe this subspecies doesn't doesn't have the same features as our traditional predator females. So who knows?
0: No, no boobs
1: for the bazooka females. <laughs> but well, you, know, um, you should be happier. <laughs> but I do think the Falconer was a cool concept, and and yeah. I know we've talked about someone data mined the model of the Falconer for the the game we're currently playing Falcon. right now, Predator. Uh, the Falcon for predator hunting grounds. And that feature sounds so cool because a lot of times playing that game, it can be frustrating when you lose track of the fire team. And just the thought of like flying this little Falcon drone over the map and spotting them out is, is a really cool addition that I hope they implement.
2: Well, that's another thing I liked about this Predator. It wasn't just three Predators with different armor. This is the film where they each seemed to have a specialized role, like the one yeah. with the tusk. That seemed to be in charge of the dogs flushing out. The one with the falcon, you could imagine, although it didn't show it, that one was in charge of, like, scouting and stuff. And, you know, they had a leader, obviously.
3: But they uh, weren't very that's tough, were they? No. they weren't really tough. They died way too easily, you
2: know? Mm. Yeah, confrontations could have been...
1: What, how did you guys like the performance of Brian Steele as Mister Black? I didn't have a I didn't have a problem with any of them really. Did Brian Steele do multiple ones or was he only Mister Black? Brian Steele
0: was Mister Black and Falconer. Kerry Jones was the dog handler and the River Ghost. And Derek Mears was the Crucified. Ah, uh, I see. Who was the seven foot two guy? Because if you notice, Mister Black
3: Brian and the lot of them Okay, the he was the was,
1: guy. Yeah. yeah if you know Mears a- was great as classic predator like the super performance for classic predator was fantastic i thought even there's though we bi- didn't see too much of it
3: there's a behind the scenes shot where you see mr black and he's like towering over mm-hmm. over the classic predator except during the battle i don't know if it's uneven grounds or if it's <laughs> the way it's shot they looked
1: closer yeah yeah, they look
3: closer in size.
2: Yeah. I did love the how they Royce cut this classic. And you're, you're geared up from doing like a buddy thing like an AVP. But it has none of it. It just grabs Royce by the neck. And it actually yeah. does that thing like in the first one where he's examining Dutch's skull. This one's looking at Royce's skull. And you get that <clears throat> feeling of, is it going to take his head just because it's out? I liked that they showed that. Royce yeah, it,
1: it wasn't a team up. It was they were making a bargain. And
0: yeah, I think it was out of trade pretty well.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I wouldn't have. I think so much of what was actually in store for us with The Predator leaked so early on that I think there was expectations that a lot of people couldn't get past mm-hmm. when it came to the actual film. You know, you mean finally- Predators? Yeah, what did I say?
1: Said The Predator.
0: Predators. Well, it was the same situation, really. It was, yeah. But in terms of this one, and there was there was a lot of concerns over, oh, it's another fucking team up <laughs> yes. leading up to it. And I had the same worries, I must be honest, because you guys know I've never really liked the team up as it was presented in AVP the movie. So when it actually, how it was executed in Predators, I was like, yep, I'm good. I'm happy with that. You're a fan of Ahab as well,
2: which is another team up albeit be in comic.
0: Yes, I very much love Ahab and, Gal- and Galgo's relationship.
3: Adam, you were curious what the, uh, whose ship that belonged to. Uh, the designer of the
1: ship revealed that it was a Super Predator ship. Oh, that's right. They actually did a model. Yeah. So I, I would think well. that maybe the classic Predator, because their technology is similar, just hacked into the ship's interface or something like that and programmed it to fly Royce home. So he would be both fulfilling his end of the bargain and fucking over the Super Predators. At yeah. the same time, so because, or the Berserker Predators. I'm sorry, Aaron.
2: yeah. Because <laughs> the the Berserker only has to do like beep beep, and it blows up. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't
0: have to do any action. So what what did you guys think about the actual fight between the predator and the the crucified and uh, Mr. Black because that that was a point of that's a point of contention in in some people's complaints as well.
1: I think I think it could have gone on for a bit longer but from as far as the first time we ever saw two predators fight on screen, I think it was effective. I think Nimrod Antal had said in the commentary that they had added the the cloaking malfunction flicker so that we could kind of tell them apart. So they added that to the the classic predator one
0: which I think was cool. I like that. He
1: flashes blue when he gets hit because it's already kind of a scene in in a dark setting and we might lose track of which Predator is which Predator. So I think that was a good visual way of telling them apart. It Um, felt okay
3: to me. It it felt competent, but I was never blown away with it. But it has improved in stature ever since I saw the Predator fight in The (laughs) (sighs) That
1: was a fight?
3: (laughs) Yeah, supposedly. But apparently there was
0: stuff cut out from that, right? That fight was supposed to be longer, I think. In the the predator, predator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you feel like you, AJ? Here, did did you feel like it did a disservice to crucify no. that that particular fight? No,
3: no, no, no. I mean, I I understood that the classic predator was the weaker of the two, and plus he was strung up for how long, right?
0: That's what I always come back to.
3: Yeah. So I never thought it was a disservice. I just didn't think there was something exceptional about it. I wanted to come out and say, whoa, that was an awesome set piece. That was an awesome action piece. And I I never get there. The closest I get there is that beginning scene when Royce drops before the title comes up and I I never return. So I, I like it. I've never loved it.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's the same problem I had, I think, I think I said this earlier, that with the AVP fight between an alien and a predator, it, it there's a fight, but it it's not even close to what you have in your imagination when somebody says, what would happen if an alien fought a predator or a predator fought a predator? It was nowhere close to execution-wise what we actually got. And the same problem I had with the AVP, it didn't look like a living, breathing good deal. I most of the time it looked like two guys in suits. It didn't convince me that they were predators. Um so it was it was competent. But it wasn't what it should have been. And with a predator on predator fight, if they had any scene that was choreographed to the hilt, it should have been that. That should have been the one scene where you, where you say, if we don't do anything else on, right on this film, if we're going to have a predator on predator fight, it needs to be this. This is what people need to walk out of that cinema remembering. This is what we need to sell action figures about. And it just, it was serviceable. It was okay, but at the end of that, it was just two blokes going ching 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 ching, and it wasn't there's nothing memorable about it.
0: For me, I'm always in two. So much of the film is in two minds kind of thing, because like you know, like AJ said, uh, crucified had been strung up for all that time, and fucking how how achy and, and horrible must he be feeling at that point? So the outcome was believable but how they got there. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the actual choreography, I genuinely felt like it was two monsters, two heavy monsters throwing themselves at each other and brawling about. But it kind of makes me miss the thing from, from the early, from the early draft, you know, classic crucified had been in, in, in the the trees, the foliage trying to, you know, he knew he couldn't go up in a, in a brawler fight against, against Mr. Black. So, you know, Mm. he'd been up there, shooting away and trying to use his own advantages so i kind of miss stuff like that yeah in the in the terms of the fight feels a little it it does feel short it does feel not as fanciful as perhaps it could have been but still believable there's nothing wrong with it it's just way more generic than i would have liked it to be yeah it it could have done with more predator flavor i suppose
2: How can we mix this up? These are two predators. These are not two humans. What is this one that's... It's still got a shoulder can, and it's got this, that, and the other. It's got a mask that's apparently fully functional what's it going to do what else yeah, can it I would, find in I that mean, camp maybe it can improvise this weapon that something's left stabbed in a corpse or something but yeah, nothing I mean, like that happened
1: we did see um, in that scene we got a good look at mr Black's shoulder cannon which is really cool how it splits open and spins apart for these charge shots but i mean they both had plasma casters at this point to have a bit of back and forth like a shootout or something might have been kind of a neat addition I will say it's weird that Royce has his AA twelve through this whole movie, right? And he never ends up using it at the end. The only time he fires against the Predators are he loses, or when it. they're cloaked. When does he lose it?
0: I thought he. Oh, does he have it? Does he have it when Hanzo turns around to face? Yeah, he has. I thought it. thought he just
2: runs out of ammunition for it,
0: doesn't he? I actually really appreciated that throughout that film, it's probably still not a realistic amount, but they showed him going through ammo, you know, because on his vest he has um, Mm -hmm. has the shells, and you see him reload and you see the number decrease. He
1: did use a lot of it in their initial encounter with the Predators. Yeah, dogs. And the dogs.
0: I really liked that they had Mr. Black Beehead. Crucified because it's a shout. AJ, you should have liked this. It's a shout back to that deleted scene, uh, that scripted scene from Predator Two when uh, Greyback kills um, city hunter instead of Harrigan doing it. Do you know if that was the intention? I don't Probably know not. if that was the intention, but as a unintentional callback. Yeah, I mean I thought it was interesting.
3: And of course, anytime you see that green blood, you know, spurting, it's a great scene. I you know, it's another nitpick when his uh torso falls over. I wish a little more green blood would come out.
2: Yeah, that that's what got me. It was like just this dribble and it's like blood pressure. It should be a Wait, are we talking because they were both be beheaded.
1: I think Aaron was referring to Classic being beheaded by Berserker. Yeah. Or by Mr. Black. And then Mr. Black is is beheaded by Royce. And I honestly thought for me, it was a bit of penance because the movie did the, oh, here's the bigger, badder predator winning over the other one. And then this predator suffers the same fate. So I kind of, it was a bit of poetic justice in my perspective. Yeah, interesting dude.
3: So what did you guys think about the ending? I, maybe I'm jumping ahead.
2: Sequel bait. <laughs> Sequel bait.
3: Yeah, I mean, I do love the shot where you see everything dropping from the sky. Yeah, I liked uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. And... uh You know, it all it all did like the beginning. I thought that ending scene was done well and it gave it all a sense of hopelessness, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And even though it was sequel bait, I didn't feel like it was a um, cliffhanger.
2: No, I thought it was well done. It, it had the feeling to me like on the first Indiana Jones film, where you know they're wheeling the Ark of the Covenant into the warehouse. It had that feeling again. It felt like it was opening things up. Are there humans that are coming here, or are they other extraterrestrial things? It was a, it was sequel bait, but it was done in a good way. Are the there like th- predators? Yeah, and and uh, the thing I. I wish they'd have changed about the actual fight climax was, you know, Isabel shoots it, but it was telegraphed. I wish they had not kept on showing shots of her sniper rifle because at that the first point you do it, you know that's what she's going to do. I wish they'd have just seen her reaction and she's moving towards something. And about it would have kept at least half the audience guessing what she going for. The yeah. moment they saw that sniper rifle, you thought, oh, foregone conclusion. She's going to shoot it. But I wish that had been it's telegraphed.
1: Like, yeah. Another interesting aspect of this was when when Royce makes his choice not to board the ship and go back for Isabel that's when you start to see a bit of a romantic connection between the two i mean the film does not make it super obvious but it's there like he's he's comforting her especially at the end of the film and it, it goes into that more in the sequel comic quite a bit
2: I, um, I don't get the sense it was like a foregone conclusion that they're gonna he's be right
1: stroking now. her face and he's like hugging her at the end yeah he definitely yeah, oh. had a thing
2: for her he wouldn't be going back for her yeah, but I think that was out of the reason about going back for, I think he would have done that for, I don't know, not Edwin, but, you know, one of the other, like, Mombasa, if he'd have survived, he'd have gone I back. I don't think so. Well.
1: I think he was starting to like her, and that's exactly why he went back for her. I thought that and was he, a good moment.
3: You, you look like Royce was running to the ship, and even though the audience knew Royce was going to not go, especially when the ship blows up, you know Royce mm. is not on the ship, right? Yeah. But I, I still thought it was a nice moment, and I like them as a couple, if, if that's what they truly will become. We'll never know.
0: Well, they they did in the sequel
3: comic uh, with the forearm predator. <laughs> yeah,
0: it sh- shows up uh, post coitus in that one. They're yeah. they're, they're in the book while the predators doesn't it show armor. up to
1: give him the gear armor. to fight yeah. it.
0: Yeah, does, <laughs> does that count? No the the sequel the sequel comic does not count.
3: No, it was it was I, I thought that you know I just wish the uh, the Edwin situation where. <laughs> You know, and Edwin, by the way, didn't seem like he had a foot problem. I guess, was he faking it to some I point?
2: noticed that, yeah, he had. He clearly had been caught in the trap. But the yeah. moment he turns tables on Isabel, he's like, he's standing up. He's walking around. I was, I was thinking to myself, something being deleted here. Because why isn't he? It's like they forgot about that completely. I
0: hadn't noticed that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, That's my problem with Edwin. He is the plot hole because all the others, the Predators pick them up like in the midst of doing combat operations or they could have trailed them for a short while after they come back for something.
0: I was waiting for this. They
2: have no way to know he's a secret serial killer or he was—he just happened to be one and they just wanted to put like, um, you know, someone who's not a killer in the midst just
0: to see what he did. But to me, he's the plot hole. Eric's of the opinion that the Predators aren't capable of tracking in. Individuals.
2: I mean, that you've seen their drone technology. It's a thing. It's big, man. They're not going to be <laughs> secretly teething tabs on what he does inside his house, or whatever.
3: if you really want to surprise the audience, you go with that idea that Nimrod had about a shapeshifter. Not necessarily Isabel, but one of them is truly not human. One of them is not really how it appears. And I don't know if they're necessarily working with the predators or just for their own motivations. But it would be really awesome if one of them actually turned out to be alien. And took yeah. this opportunity to yeah, that would have strike. been
2: interesting. I,
1: th- I yeah. think you could, again, it's would part have of the mystery river of, of how they were abducted. I don't think they were abducted by the same predators that were hunting them. There could have been other predators on Earth whose task it is to hunt people for the berserkers for the the game preserve. Or or maybe it was a different species that, that are contracted by the predators to, to <laughs> stalk humans on Earth or whatever. Repun I don't know. Man. But... <laughs> That
3: sounds a bit daft. But a shapeshifter <laughs> sounds, could have yeah. a, a shapeshifter could have made it feel more otherworldly. And yeah. I think it's it was still lacking that. It you is, know, it is
1: my, one of the biggest pieces of mystery of this movie: how these people that are all over the planet, all in their own different conflicts, are suddenly abducted. Like, how did that happen? And then they're all dropped on this alien planet at the same time
3: because the U.S. government is working with them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: in in the first script possibly yeah
3: yeah and that
2: could have been something but um they're
3: tired of the predator you know they make some sort of deal
0: yeah <laughs> i i really i really liked that concept of regardless of who's doing it but you know the the, the idea of just following the dangerous prey and then dropping them on on the preserve planet. Because I thought the preserve as well was was a a really interesting concept. I mean, if you take dangerous people, or dangerous animals, dangerous whatever, put their back against the wall, drop them somewhere there's no hopes of of leaving from, it's going to make them more dangerous.
3: In constant, that's great, but Stans, what were they watching the FBI's most
2: wanted list? I mean, how he was what <laughs> I think a, he a was couple a, of days? He was yeah, I think he was a couple of days going to be executed. So I could believe maybe they realized wherever they're keeping them, there is a hostile population, and they got yeah. one around
1: Wouldn't captain. wouldn't he be yeah. in solitary confinement? The predator sneaks into yeah. a prison
2: and <laughs> grabs him. But how do they know? Yeah, yeah. but see. My problem with that, I like the game preserve idea. Yes. But the moment you introduce its many various species, they're going to all breathe different atmospheres. You can't do it on one single planet out in the open. I think if they'd have done it in like various enclosures, maybe, like that was one dome of many or something like that, that would work. As it is, where it's meant to be the whole planet, like the whole planet is like a big, one big Jurassic park type thing in terms of introducing completely different species from different worlds there. That's when I started to go, what are they breathing sort of thing? But well, I like some point, as a concept.
1: I mean, as sci-fi fans, we're going to overthink things, but movies yeah. got a movie, you
2: know?
0: Yeah suspension of disbelief
3: in 2010 yeah. i remember even thinking i was like why didn't once the reveal happen why did they take this like food dye this bi food dye and spray the trees with blue spots and then this is after the reveal they're on a, and as they go further deeper things start looking more and more alien
2: yeah, Like, this is sort of the right
3: Earth that. jungle. This is the River Ghost jungle, you know? Something just to give it more of a feel once the reveal was made. Well, wouldn't
2: was they wouldn't even needed dive. They could have just cgi vegetation and stuff. Oh, the stuff. budget. The yeah. budget. But they still
3: could have even, you're right, made some fake prosthetic... Uh, or just
2: done a practical. background painting. Like, when they looked up at the, uh, at the planet, they could have looked out onto a landscape and they could have seen areas that are like bright blue or bright yellow or black or something or just Just intermittent
3: environments. they could have made some practical bushes and trees that they keep replanting in different scenes in different positions and it starts feeling like it's otherworldly and i would have loved that a little would have gone a long way i think yeah i agree
0: yeah it's probably that kind of stuff's probably going to come down to lack of refinement time though coulda woulda shoulda yeah This film was just made so fast and it is so much better than really it has right to be. Yeah, like, like, I, regardless,
1: the first regardless of the film's scheduling and budgetary restraints, I do feel that they gave Troublemaker Studios a lot of freedom to make the movie they wanted to make. And we were worried it would conflict with the wider Predator universe, and it didn't, thankfully. And you mentioned that in your original review back in 2010, Aaron. And I think it's one of the first things you talk about, that nothing in the movie contradicts Predator or Predator 2, which is what we were worried about.
0: Yeah, well, it was comments that... <sighs> Robert Rodriguez made kind of comments that made it sound like he was just going to fucking dismiss anything other than Predator. Yeah, I remember something about it. At first, that. at first. Yeah. And and that, that kind of caused an uproar. But just because he's not going to acknowledge things doesn't mean... No. But he
3: d- he did dial it back, and w- in one of the interviews, said Predator Two did count. You know, trust me, I looked for that.
0: But I mean, you know, the film overall
3: though, it, it did well, right? It w- with a forty yeah. million budget, it was one hundred and twenty-seven million gross mm-hmm. worldwide, and I think it's the rule of threes, you know. Yeah. And, um, budget, yeah. Yeah. So I was really surprised that they didn't go after a sequel. And with with the
1: Predator, unfortunately, they didn't give. It seems they didn't give Shane Black the freedom that he wanted with that. They they ordered all these reshoots, and I still stand by because I've I've talked to someone who had seen the the emissary cut, and they said, yeah, it was a better movie. So I I still think that should be released. I know it's not going to happen, but they spent what eighty million dollars on the Predator when all was said and done.
0: Probably more. I think a little more, yeah,
1: or more. So again, it's the same thing with with Alien Covenant, like. Effects these days are pretty accessible. You can you a little can go a long way. And I mean, like a little in Hollywood terms, like 40, 50 million dollar budgets. But compared to like 80 to 100 million dollar budgets, like I I feel like you can you can be really effective with a smaller budget. And it's unfortunate that shows it. Yeah. I, I do think this one was a little thin, like maybe give them an extra five to ten million dollars just so they can flush things out a bit more. But it's a shame with the Predator. They didn't just let Black do what he wanted to do because they think we still would have had problems with it. It still would have been a silly mess. But at least it would have been more of a thrilling roller coaster ride of how crazy it was as opposed to a movie that felt totally off balance.
0: But that's a, another podcast. That is another podcast. <laughs> To, to go back to your point of the budget and the freedom and stuff, I do think this shows that, yes, again, there's still problems, but they're problems I associate with refinement in the pre-production. From watching the behind-the-scenes stuff, Robert and, and Nimrod had a great time making this film by all accounts. You know, they, they were down in Texas. They were away from the studio. There was this in, existing infrastructure in place. They could do pretty much what they wanted. I think it was just that, that so quick pre-production that didn't let them nail down the... The refinement. Well, there is
1: there is filming in in Hawaii as well, so.
0: So they, they, the Alien Planet comprised of two
1: filming locations, which was Austin, in which they built most of their sets in Austin, Texas, and Hawaii. And for settings that are so different, like Texas being southern United States, more foresty, woodsy, and Hawaii being quite a bit more tropical, I thought, I mean, if you know what to look for, you can tell, oh, yeah, that's Texas. Oh, yeah, that's Hawaii. But they still did an effective job of blending the two environments, I thought in such a way that it seemed a bit more alien and, and like Nimrod on tall said in the behind the scenes features, like Austin, Texas has some really strange looking, um, visual landmarks. And I would like to go there just to see some of the filming locations like that big waterfall, um, circular pool where they have the scene where Isabel confronts Royce about them being used as bait and and the the earlier scene where it's all these like stone holes and they have the puddles there where she sets up the makeshift compass like there's there's just a lot of interesting visual landmarks that they use from
0: from Austin definitely but yeah I agree it, it is a show that I think these films can be made on a cheaper budget but still made well and it's a shame Robert and, and Nimrod didn't get to do more but I think, I think they understood, again, the,
2: the need for tension on a more self-sustained thing. The problem with The Predator is right from the get-go, you had this mentality of let make, let's make it like a Marvel film. Let's make it a blockbuster superhero thing. And instead of making it like this about a literal hunt making it smaller scale, but making an impact where they can make it count for that kind of budget. I think that's why this works as opposed to the sequel.
3: I think this movie really could have worked as a television series. You know, it was only 107 minutes long, but I could see this like a, like a Netflix or a Hulu television series. Or like a miniseries. Series. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Then maybe about 10 or 8 mm-hmm. episodes long. Each um, episode,
2: someone gets picked off and you never know who's it going to be.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> They could it, still do that. And
3: that's I don't the think
2: thing.
1: it's too late to go back to the game preserve planet. I don't think anyone who hates predators
3: doesn't love the idea of a hunting reserve planet. It's mm.
0: I, I've seen people
3: really okay. Well, I think the majority love the idea. It's a wonderful concept, and and that's what's great about this film. Is even though you might not be a fan, there is some great additions to the lore mm. that you can hopefully expand upon one day. You know, maybe in Predator Hunting Grounds, a video game. You know, I mean, as we know. Um, I think Adam was talking about the uh, Falcon that's going to be featured possibly in the game. And this might all come out during the Predator's anniversary in July, which I'm really excited about. Oh, that would be such great
1: timing if they did that. Yeah, they could they could do so much with that concept. Like if they did another map where you see the planets in the sky and you're all dropped there and one of you has like passage home on a ship or something and you have to fight with other human characters, there's just such potential there. And I love the game preserve concept. Or just the super predators camp. The fact that you could go
3: on there, you know, in a map, that would be really exciting, you know, except they got to bring in Royce or Isabel because they're adding to the predator side with the samurai and the elder. And if they bring in like a falconer.
1: And there were there were eight human characters in predators. So like, what if you had eight human players and then three predator players? Like, oh, I see.
3: I thought you were going to say to actually bring back one of the dead people, but I say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but no, would I just mean to... like
1: a group of eight humans and a group of three predators. Like, how would that work? I'm sure the balancing would, would be too difficult to do. And we're just speculating on things we want that would be hard I, I to would implement, love but...
3: I would love Royce to be handled like Dutch here. You know, Aaron probably thinks I'll probably never be on this podcast again after the, the retread <laughs> homage battle. And we've done this on the boards, you know, but um, I, I don't hate predators. And I, and I really want to know what happens to Royce. And I would yeah, love it too. to be featured like Dutch and for him to have his own kind of recordings i think it would be fantastic especially the way Elphonic has handled the rest of the lore i know they could think of something but well, it, it wouldn't
2: just be Roy, it would be royce and isabel so yeah you, I hope. You, you could even have them brought maybe one lost contact with the other and they had their own individual i would love that so yeah. there's a lot of mileage that i think could be got out god yeah where we left this
3: or maybe you bring them back for a Hulu show. You know, I'm still convinced uh-huh. that Alien and Predator are destined for Hulu now that Disney owns them. Hulu was supposed to launch worldwide, yeah, I think, I the end of this year, and they're going to need shows like The Mandalorian, you know, and they're going to resort to the Fox shows. And um, I think down the road they could do it. I just wish, uh, you know, would they be would, nice. they would have the will.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it's under consideration. Whether or not they go there, I don't know.
1: There's just so much turmoil with the studios right now. As oh, yeah.
2: Know, so. Disney's lost many billions right mostly because of their theme parks they're going to have to get it back at some point and Alien and Predator will be an obvious way to do that
0: and Predator showing off it's got legs for long form storytelling at least through the hunters comics at the minute
3: and Predator the Predator 2018 Shane Black that really blew out on um, uh, on home video you know actually it was really big in the UK on demand they were really surprised how big it was and maybe that's because the fan base is getting older and they're going less to the theater so so maybe streaming is where they they get them they pull them all back in the ones that aren't going to the theater anymore they'll want to be around those whippersnappers you know
0: <laughs> I, I i do agree i would like to see the storytelling evolve into that platform at the minute i mean television's got so much better overall as, as a storytelling and, and as a visual medium you know the spectacle on there is well, it it rivals it rivals theatrical, yeah. And long form storytelling gives a better, in general, story experience because it's less rushed, more time to develop and stuff like that. Yeah, both franchises need to do it. Maybe yeah. they fucking even do AVP. Come on, give give us give us that anime fucking series. Yes. Give it, give it to me. It's, it is
2: right now. It's mainly due to the Mandalorian. Now, whether you're a Star Wars fan or not, if you look at what they did behind the scenes for the Mandalorian, they have literally been able to recreate it. The main thing is lighting and parallax. They've solved those issues. They can make things look like they're on location. The things, desert or something, all in one single studio now. They don't even have to go on location. The things, yeah, the things
1: no they did a lot of practical effects but a lot of the sets had were surrounded by these massive projectors and they're using the unreal engine actually in really interesting <laughs> ways Perfectly. like dynamically shifting yeah i gotta send you some behind the scenes video on this like
0: is that on that round table thing on disney plus
1: yeah but there's some other stuff as well the they yeah. they the perspective of the the projector like the engine it's running in the background it's photorealistic and it shifts dynamically with the movements of the camera so it's synced with the camera and it changes the perspective based on that so it always just looks like a continuation
2: as i say it's parallax is this big thing they've been trying to solve for absolutely they've now got that so that you can have major movements of the camera but you'll have things way in the distance and they'll only move by the exact scientific measurement that they're meant do in real life and it's it's a big thing with the uncanny valley with a psychological effect and they absolutely sold it now so they could do these completely fantastic alien worlds and stuff but they just didn't have the budget to yeah. but i remember back in the 90s reading the old aliens comic there was a news item in there there were Fox was allegedly considering a TV series in the alien world, but they decided against it because they realized it would be a million dollars per episode. These days, a million dollars per TV streaming episode, nothing. But you could do it with the kind of technology they have with The Mandalorian. I mean, you can have these kind of sets now that in the past they just weren't able. I don't know if any of you guys have seen, I know we're
1: spinning off on tangents here, but I don't know if any of you guys have seen the movie Underwater with kirsten stewart Uh, i'm going to to that was that was sold to fox as a low budget film like hey we can do what james cameron did with the abyss but without a big tank so that the pitch for that movie was literally creating a fake underwater environment with cg but it was very convincing and that movie was way low budget but it made great use of its budget it seemed like a much higher budget film than it was so I, i do think you can you can build upon these universes that were so invested it in in economical ways that will be more appealing to studios so that we can get more of these stories that we want
2: but the thing is coming back to the mandalorian disney owns that disney owns these franchises so if they wanted to do something on this game preserve world they totally could now regardless of the covid outbreak or whatever they can do a game preserve world and they could probably make it cheaper than predators cost back in 2010
3: Well, going back to Predators, why I think maybe the sequel didn't happen is often in these low budget films, if they do a sequel, the salaries for the actors balloon in the second, you know, and and suddenly you're not going to be able to do it for 40 million anymore. You know, I don't know if that was the same situation with Covenant and Shaw, but that's usually it's a big upscale from the first film to the second. And I know Ridley had to cut down that budget for Covenant. So that's the only thing that I could guess why they never moved forward with a sequel, which is which is a shame.
1: I think studios these days, they they're interested in franchises. And if something doesn't hit it out of the park,
0: they're just going to try something else yeah, I mean, while it still did reasonable money, it still hit very lukewarm, I think, with both critics and and fandom in general. I mean, I think this generally sits around about six in terms of critical and fan response. On, Rot- on Rotten Tomatoes, fan response is even low. I think that's in the fives, the fifties, compared to IMDb six. So, I mean, while it obviously has its fans, didn't get there with the general uh, the general punter and the wider fan base i don't think
3: that's a good point maybe it's like a terminator genesis to a yeah. terminator dark fate you know where they tried to go in a different direction even though genesis made i think 460 million on a 160 million budget so it wasn't too bad but there was such a bad fan reaction or such a negative maybe not as bad as predators but
0: oh i think i think genesis probably did worse in terms of that but oh, i think worse.
3: oh i'm I, yeah i meant i meant the other way around predators it's not as bad yeah no genesis was mm. maligned you're right Right. But uh, I don't know, guys. What's your final thoughts here?
0: Yeah, I don't think there's anything really left to talk about, is there? In terms of a piece of entertainment, I
2: think it works really well, if only because it keeps the pacing and the tension up in ways which the sequel just didn't.
0: Well, it doesn't fall apart as well like The Predator no, does. No, I, I think The Predator does have a fairly clipping pace, so much so that it stops you thinking about the stupidity that's happening. Yeah, but the tension isn't there. Yeah, the, the tension isn't there. But, but Predators, while it keeps you going as well, it doesn't fall apart when you think about it. It's an entertaining film, it keeps moving. There's interesting stuff in there that we would like to see more of, but the film isn't worse off for the fact it doesn't explore them. Would I like it refined? Yes. I would like less super berserker predators. I uh, see now you're doing. Uh, yes. <laughs> it. So all you uh, poisoning my mind. Berserker
2: <laughs> Predator
3: but you know what i i see it like this you know i've been using the whole time the word competent as a negative an insult but also it's a compliment right because considering the amount of time they had what they were able to do you know maybe competent is is a really good compliment consider maybe other filmmakers couldn't do as well with such limited time limited resources and geez k and b only had 10 weeks not just the predators the super predators the river ghost right so like i said I i
1: I had one nitpick about the work of K&B, and that is it. Everything else they did for the film was fantastic, and I would love to see them take on Predator effects again.
3: So overall, I think the Predator Predators has in, in, enriched
0: the lore. So uh, what I say is happy
3: anniversary, Predators.
0: <laughs> it's yep. one I'm always happy to go back to, and I watched the hell out of this when it came out. I think more more so than any of the others. I think yep i watched too, this yeah. most. I I will
1: say it was not the third Predator movie I would have expected following the first two. Like it doesn't feel like a continuation of those. But at the same time, it has its own unique identity. It feels self-contained, but it also really plays on the elements of the first film that I think work to its favor. And, and as we discussed, that's not going to be the case for everyone. It's going to be too close to the first film for a lot of people. But I'm with you, Aaron. I don't think that that holds weight for me. I feel like it emulates those themes and those sounds and those beats from the first movie, but it does it in a way that's unique enough that it has its own identity.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And if if you haven't already, please go back and listen to our interview with Nimrod. Really good interview. Episode 90, I think it was. It's up on both the YouTube channel and, and the uh, podcast feed. By the time this is out, we will have also had our interview with Ilphonic's Chief Creative Officer, Jared Gerritsen. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to that one. That was super fun to record me and and uh, adam and uh, aj have a lot of faith in those guys and have really been enjoying what they've been doing with the law and the franchise so um go and give those a listen keep an eye on the game you know if the game's not for you at the minute keep it's, an eye on it As it's it continuously
1: being updated and yeah. new new contents being added and things are being refined in patches we'd still all recommend it but we know it's not for everyone too so
0: but just, just keep an eye. See how it changes. See see how you feel about it when there's more stuff to it and, and as it grows. Uh, AJ, what are your social channels?
3: You can find me on Twitter, at
0: FN, as in FN, voodoo
3: magic. Fucking voodoo magic. <laughs> Fucking voodoo magic, man.
0: If you want to follow me personally, I am on Twitter as at underscore Corporal Hicks. That's general nerdiness, Stargate, Star Trek, Airsoft, AVP,
1: whatever. Uh, Adam. If you'd like to follow me personally, it's at
0: Ridgetop21 on
1: both Twitter
2: and Instagram. Eric? I'm moving my stuff at the moment, so I can't give a
0: website. (laughs) Fair enough.
2: (laughs) One of those things.
0: us as an outlet you can find us at avpgalaxy.net as our main hub of activity that's where all the news is where all the written stuff is it's where um, our forums are old school message boards it's where we live and nerd out and shout about differences between retread and remake reimagining reimagining (laughs) reboots everything but we're also on everything else YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, AVP Galaxy or Alien versus Predator Galaxy. Please do check out our YouTube channel though. We were always quite neglectful of it in the past, but um last couple of months been putting out a fair bit more content, you know, the the podcasts are going up there in video form. There's been more editorial stuff, there's been more lore stuff, game stuff. I'm hoping to get a couple more game things out after this podcasts come out. Um finish off our let's play of AVP2 and do a let's play of Concrete Jungle. That's after that. Hope oh. for the hope for the future. The new fan right. game. Yep. I'm wanting to do that shortly. So you know, please go check those out, and subscribe, and and watch those videos. And you can buy our stuff, like t-shirts.
2: Ooh! And support the channel and say that. Yeah,
0: that where, T where is that? Is that a... public. T public. Yeah, and the links to that are on. Um, are on the website as well. If you scroll down on the left-hand side, one of the the social images is is t public. We don't tend to pimp out that kind of stuff a lot, but you know we we've got some cool designs on there. Adam's got a cushion over there.
1: Yeah, that's right. Check out that pillow, guys. You can get that. And and there's other people's designs <laughs> as well.
0: Like we we highlight other people's designs. This was this was from there um, that we included on our storefront. from. So uh, check that out. Thank you everybody for listening or watching, and this has been Corporal Hicks. Bridge Top, Xenomorphine, Voodoo Magic, getting to the chopper.